Thursday afternoon, and you know what that means. It's time for the Russell Pierce podcast. Uh, I'm Hollywood Hangman Adam Pierce back again for this week's uh, podcast. All my lovely cohort, sorry, cohorts. Um, Monty, as always, is here uh, running the ship, and we have the returning Manny. Manny, it's been a while, and we have we got Manny in, 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 the, in the building as well as Anna. I'm really happy to have both guys back. And uh, we're going to talk about a very, very just eventful week and, and day in pro wrestling. Uh, it's been very um, chaotic. My phone has been blowing up all day. Uh, my head is honestly spinning. I've done a little bit of coping. And uh, <laughs> so, yeah, man, it's it's just been really chaotic all week. So much is going on in Japan um, from a wrestling standpoint. So much is going on here. Uh, from a news and drama standpoint, and uh, we're going to break down all of it. Um, but I think what we should start with is the we're going to go right to it because there's so much to get into. You know what I mean? I want to get into the CM Punk stuff. Um, but first things first, I you know like 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 Monty would do. Uh, I think it, I'd, I'd be remiss if I didn't greet everybody. So Anna, how you doing today? I'm good. I'm I'm happy to be back. I mean, AO and Chris did a great job last week, but tonight, uh, last night, uh, yeah, they did a great job last week. Someone had to keep <laughs> you both in check with the anti-elite lore stuff and it's the Latino-hating stuff. Oh, yeah. boy. <laughs> yeah. And yesterday on Dynamite, the main event was the elite against Real Latino, so I had to be back. <laughs> I, I couldn't I could let, <laughs> I could let you guys lie. So. Yeah. <laughs> Someone, many, many, I think you have a, um, uh, an echo. Um yeah, so so it's it's good to have you back, Anna. It is crazy irony that that was the main event. Um, I, I'm I'm actually Team Elite Lore now, and I'll get into that when we get into the Dynamite review. So I've, I've seen, seen the light. I've seen the light. Yeah. I've seen the light. Um, Manny, Manny, man, talk to me, man. How you doing? I'm doing good. I just saw this Bruiser Brody figure. <laughs> never changed, Manny. Huh? Um, I said never change. Oh. Yo, yo, Monty, Manny is kind of like Dave Meltzer in that he's like, uh, he's just very random. Like he'll he'll bring up whatever like at any like, yeah. Because we'll be talking about something, right? And Manny will be like, I don't. It'll be something he saw in the timeline, right? He'll just be like, wait, Tyler Bates in NXT now? It's like, <laughs> what are you talking about? You know? Um, it's yeah, been man. A crazy, it's been a crazy night, man. I've, Everybody dunking on me because LFI lost, and then waking oh, up with more, waking up with more dunks, and yeah. then the punk, in the punk news, and then here I am at the Bruiser Bruiser Brody figure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm, my phone is kind of blowing up right now. I'm gonna be so over in the chat every single time. Who Anna, Anna's a superstar. I'm quite, I, I think I'm a. She's a, she's a freaking star, <laughs> I bro. I, I don't know if I should be okay with all this. Look at, look at all this. Anna carrying the flag for oh. Anna supremacy. Oh my God! Yeah, look at that, man. I love listen, you guys. Listen, she pays the, she pays the bills, man. It's like CM Punk said yesterday, man. You can be the heart and soul, but I'm the I'm the dollars and cents, man. You know. Uh, so, absolutely, just that my, bitch, you know. <laughs> exactly. I'm telling you, man. You know the uh, the YouTube bills are coming in. I was like, Yo, Anna, you trying to slide the podcast today? What's going on? Like, I, you know. Um, yeah, but. Um, I'm I'm happy to have everybody, Monty. Uh, it's good to good to see you. Um, I'm surprised they even made it today because uh, it's it's been it's been very chaotic. Uh, 
Your okay. side is every week. So yeah. Nobody knows what you do. <laughs> we know you should die off work. Yeah, it, it's part of nobody my. Nobody je- knows what you do. It's, it's it's part of my je ne sais quoi to leave that afternoon period very vague. You know, I I was asked that when I hopped in Discord the other night. They're like, "What do you do in those like few hours before the podcast?" And I'm like, "Many many things, many things." Um, but I made but you know love of the game, so I made sure to be back in time. And uh, the first story that I want to touch on is CM Punk. Uh, my man, Mr. Phil Brooks, is in the headlines today. Fightful, Wrestling Observer Radio, Voices of Wrestling, uh, because of uh, some alleged backstage situations. Um, my brother off cam just gave me the thumbs down. Um, but, yeah, now CM Punk... Uh, <laughs> Uh, apparently, the remark about Hangman Page was offhanded and not planned at all, and it caught everybody by surprise, including the people backstage uh, who were unaware of this um, comment that Punk made about Hangman. And uh, Dave Meltzer said that there, there's some realness there, and that Punk probably took exception um, to something Page said uh, during their promo battles in the past. Um, this was expounded upon by various news outlets, and uh, Sean Rossap also corroborated the story and then went on to say that um, apparently CM Punk threatened to potentially not show up to work <laughs> yesterday. Wow. Well, uh, he didn't no, say, he didn't say that. He, he, he backtracked that. it. Got you. He, yeah. He, he, he alleged that. Was, yeah. Go ahead. Go, 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 go ahead, Manny. Well, I was going to say, he alleged that, then backtracked it. He said that he never reported it, even though all the other people well, I listened well, to. Well, I'll, I'll that, be fair. Cause yeah. That's just. So the story yeah, yeah. was I'm gonna let you, somebody I'm gonna you, close I'm gonna let to you, the... I was going to say, I'm going to let you set the stage, and then, and then Hanger Select is going to come in with the oh Daddy God. Hanger information. Yes. Oh uh, but I'm, I'm going to let you, I'm gonna oh let you give out the, the, the beta this, information Not this first. shit. <laughs> not, this, not, this, not this law. No, uh, no, yeah, no, so, okay. No. <laughs> so ahead, to kind of on, like... So from what I've read so far, which is pretty yeah. much most of the thoughtful stuff, it is... Um, so the report was somebody close or somebody who has knowledge of the situation said they wouldn't have been surprised if he didn't show up to work or something like that. Um, then, of course, because of the way it's been aggregated, oh, CM Punk might not have shown up. Sean done an update saying that isn't what we said. That like, CM Punk never actually threatened to say that. It was just that someone said... Where is it? I'll get the actual update up because it's not that long. Um, so in the update, it says, any aggregation stating that Punk threatened to quit do not reflect our report. Any saying that Punk threatened to not show up because of the month's old issues do not reflect our report. We don't have that information or know definitely what led to that. As far as who, as far as who didn't know the hangman aspect of the promo was coming, no staff were aware it was happening. We're also told Hangman was supposedly unaware as well, edited to include clarity on the promos that we that were said to have caused the issues. So what it is, is... Where is it? Somebody... No, I, I have the original, like when he first posted it this morning. I have that one. So, so question, question. Sean was the one who put out that that um that that extended statement basically saying that we did not allege that he was gonna not show up to work. I have like I yeah so I'll read the I'll read the sentence. 
Sources familiar with the situation claim that CM Punk has often verbally expressed his displeasure, including recently, including recently so blatantly that they thought that he might end up quitting the company. <laughs> Those close to him say that he might almost decide to stay home instead of coming to August 17 Dynamite. That's yeah. Yes. So, yeah, those close to him said that he might have almost decided to stay home. It's not like, because people were making out, like, Punk threatened to not come to the show when that that just did not happen. So, I think when Sean was seeing all the inaccurate aggregations, it all all comes back on him on the end of the day. Yes. You know what I mean? So, CM Punk... You know, yeah, it happens. You know what I mean? Yeah, it bro, bro, Monty, I, uh, I, I made my report about NXT, and um, I, I, I ended up like blocking. One person came in to reply today and was, was like, "I thought you said UK was done." I'm like, "I did. <laughs> I didn't." <laughs> and and like people just misinterpreting like the wording of what you say. That's why when you when you actually put your name to a report, you'd be very careful with the wording because uh, what you'll come to see is, and Anna could probably speak to this when her tweets bang. Is that people have a hard time reading, you know? <laughs> people have very hard oh. times reading things and comprehending things, you know. So people don't understand what things are jokes and what things are not. That's sure, something sure. I'm, I'm learning this past month. People don't yeah. understand what you're meaning, and exactly. it's, it's been a weird time. because yeah. I, I just I'm just tweeting jokes, and they're just banging <laughs> out of nowhere, and I don't know what to do. I'm not used to it. Yeah. <laughs> so weird. Like today, today I tweeted about the CM Punk Hangman situation. I just made a tweet yeah. like having a beef with Hangman is the weirdest thing ever because he's just like he's just he's vibing nice with guy. his voice. Yeah, yeah, he's just vibing with his voice, tweeting the weird stuff. Like he's just there, you know. So having a feud with him is kind of weird. But <laughs> and then like people started to reply, "Oh, you don't know what kayfabe is." Like you don't know what, you oh don't know you're being God. worked. Don't you know oh what wrestling is? Like, <laughs> I I'm sure you're I'm sure you're very aware of how wrestling works, and you're just making a joke, you know. I, yes, yeah. It, it, it was honestly, really Anna, weird. it's yeah. crazy. This whole week, right? For me, Monty, like I'm just not I'm not a reactionary person in general, right? And I'm not um, you know, I don't get mm. outraged at stories in wrestling. Like <laughs> most things just make me laugh in general, right? And so when stories happen. My natural inclination is how can I make a joke out of this on Twitter, right? And so that's why, like, when the Triple H tampering stuff came out, right? I was like, this is very funny, and there are so oh, many we'll jokes to be to made. We'll get to it. <laughs> There's so many jokes to be made, right? And I remember I was making jokes, and people were my quotes, like, you know, like, there were people on the timeline who, like, wanted, like, Tony to pursue legal action, and, you know, hopefully maybe Triple H gets arrested yeah. and stuff. I was like, bro, you guys are fucking geeks, bro. <laughs> like, this is, this is insane. Go ahead. Yeah. No, I, yeah, I just made a joke about Max, Max Caster writing a rap with contract tampering <laughs> in the in the bars, and people started going off. What's so weird? Like, there was a guy that told me to touch grass because really? wrestling fans took everything so serious when I was yeah, literally yeah, making it's so, a joke. It's so weird, man. Like, I just, bro, <laughs> for me, it's like yeah. AEW doesn't pay me, right? And WWE does not pay me. So I'm not legally obligated to like passionately take up for these promotions. I just watch them. Right. And so, like, for me, this shit is just funny. Like, I don't need to be like, you know, an actual paid soldier about this kind of stuff. Um, but anyway, yeah, man. So, so this punk thing is just, it, it's really all over the place. There's so many like different concurring stories happening at the same time. People are trying to figure out what's the truth, what's not the truth, how much of this is legitimate. And, and a lot of people, you know, the, 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 the natural reaction is to, you know, figure out who's the good guy in this situation, who's the bad guy, you know, and, and make your takes based on that. 
Uh, and then there's the, then there's the people who like immediately to everything. It's like, oh, it's, it's all work. It's all it's, it's a work. It's a work. And you know, and, and the way I see it, right? All I can say is this, guys. Um, AEW only let out what they want to be let out, yeah. so to speak. Um, so when Fightful, for example, reports something, it's because they allowed them to know this information. Because information that they don't want them to know, they will not know. For example, can any of you guys tell me right now where MJF is? No. Can you guys tell me right now when MJF is going to come back to AEW? No. You know why? Next week. Be- <laughs> you know why? Because Tony Khan does not want them to know. I can tell you personally, I've been straight up told that they're aware of this. They know how the media game works, right? And so I'm not going to go, it's all the work, it's all the work. But what I will say is um, in this weird age of wrestling information and media and journalism that, um, you know, don't just be so reactionary to every single report. And maybe there's certain things that, you know, they don't mind that you, you know, so to speak, you know what I mean? Yeah, and so, so yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to say this regarding the situation. It, to me, Monty, I made this tweet. It almost feels like this is the new 1997 where there's works and shoots happening concurrently all over the place. We don't know where the line stops and starts. Lines are blurred across the board. People are working themselves into shoots. The boys are being worked, which to me, that sounds extremely chaotic, but also really fun at the same time. And 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 my what I would caution wrestling fans is um, it's okay to be worked. You know, it's okay to not fully know for sure and just be worked. You know, it, it, there's nothing wrong with that. You know, you don't have to know everything, you know, take, take things just how you see it and, you know, enjoy the ride. Because look, quite frankly, CM Punk's not going to walk out of AEW on a given dynamite week. You know, that's just not going to happen. He's going to be here next week. Who knows how him and Moxley feel about each other in real life or him and Hangman? Who knows? Who knows how much of the Hangman thing is, is them trying to build to a feature match or them genuinely not liking each other? What I do know is that it's going to be spun in some way to something that can draw money, which is through a wrestling program that can be sold. You know, you can sell tickets and pay-per-view and, and, and ratings. So, you know, if you if you're someone who's not a fan of work shoots, then I could see this kind of being annoying and maybe exhausting. Um, but the bottom line is this. Um, always question your source. Always pay attention to how things are worded. Always just try to, you know consider what the situation is before you, you know, maybe jump to conclusions about what you read. And that's not, not me saying that people like Sean Ross and Dave Meltzer are full of shit. It's just that um, I, I think we're in a new reality right now where um, it, it's almost like they're trying to crack the code and, 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 and keep a tight vest, you know what I mean? In the company. And so if, if you do know something, it's, it's maybe by design. Wow. Uh-huh. Yeah, I mean, so, all want to talk about yeah. <laughs> Punk apparently saying to people and potentially yeah. Hangman himself that he will not lose to him. <laughs> that was so Shawn Michaels 1997, man. That was like, <laughs> I don't know about this, brother. I would never put you over. <laughs> That's crazy. Um, um, I, yeah, go ahead, yeah. Go ahead. <laughs> that, that, That's crazy. Punk. Wrestling is oh, getting messy again, and I love it. Yeah, it's getting really, it's <laughs> it's getting messy. It's getting like, dude, think about this, right? We have we have wrestlers beefing with each other backstage. 
we have wrestling fans like um beefing like the AEW fan base is like fighting amongst themselves based on who you like in the company like punk fans are fighting with like moxie fans and they're fighting with kenny omega fans and it's like a civil war and people are reacting passionately based on what's being said in promo segments on a wrestling television show as if we don't know <laughs> that this is a word like it, it's insane and, and it's because of it's because of how um aw has set the the groundwork for promos to be reality based and so now um people are just believing what, what people are saying you know on on, on tv um, which is to me that that's pretty cool, but it is it is messy right now, man. Like uh, so much is going on, you know. We don't know where the line stops. Like you said, is Triple H is tamp- Triple H is hitting up his NXT guys in in AEW. Some of them are telling Tony Khan, and some are keeping it quiet. You know, I was personally told about Paul Heyman making overtures to a certain AEW talent. I just think that's really oh, funny. <laughs> it's 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 absolute fucking madness. Like what is going on in this business right now? <laughs> it, it, it's it's chaotic and, it's and unlike it, it, unlike like 1997 for example where to get all this information you have to buy a newsletter we're getting it all on twitter and so like i'm taking in all this discourse and it's like overloading my brain you know what i'm saying <laughs> uh for better and for worse so um yeah it's a really really chaotic time i hope punk didn't tell him <laughs> uh eggman that i won't put you over um I'm gonna i wasn't it. i wasn't there i don't know if he did say it Here's I'm gonna give my boy the benefit of the doubt, right? You know, sh- throw all the shaboing boings in the chat if you want, whatever. If if Punk said this to Hangman, I'm gonna assume he had some type of internal justification for why he said this. Yeah, I mean, the main team, team yeah. punk. If he if he don't want to put over Hangman, I'm not gonna put over Hangman. If you look at Punk's promo, he kind of said yeah. alluded to something where Hangman has to apologize for something. Yeah, he said, "I so. want the apology to be as loud as the disrespect." So, yeah. I wonder, and, like, I, I I want to picture like how that conversation went down, like how like how did Punk just walk up to him and be like, "Yeah, I'm not losing to you." And just like walked off, or like, hey, this hangman, this hangman just put his yeah. head down. Just like, what, what I do know that no matter what it is, it's never going to be as funny as the way the Shawn Michaels thing was described. Which, for those who don't know, uh, Bret Hart approached this man trying to squash their beef and said, Hey, man, I know we've been through a lot of bullshit and you know, there's a lot of nonsense going back and forth, but you know, if the time comes and I have to put you over, I will put you over. And Shawn said, Oh, that's great, but I would never put you over. <laughs> and I'm like, That's insane, <laughs> like, that's just crazy to me. Like, um, I don't think Punk's that much of a diva, even though he he can be, you know, potentially prickly and ornery um, and sassy. Uh, but yeah, I, I hope you know that '97 <laughs> HBK had a point hanger. Hey man, <laughs> hey man, who had the longer career, Sean or Brett? Anyways, um, wow, <laughs> this is this is just nasty though. We can't. <laughs> yeah. This is tough. It's gonna it's gonna be a long few months, let me tell you. Okay, I, I want to ask you guys, just out of curiosity. It's it's not the exact same topic, but what what AEW talents do you think when Triple H hit them up, they were quiet about it? Like they were just like, all right, man, you know, we'll talk about it. We'll uh you know, we'll see what happens. Uh, you know, talk to you later, buddy. Like who who do you think was just kind of like, hey man, keep in touch? Every single one of them. Yeah. <laughs> Every single one of them, besides the one that's, that um, who who told, yes, 
<laughs> it's, I, all right. How much do you guys think Adam Cole cried when he told Hunter, like, I, I can't leave right now. I'm sorry. Then he, he had he tears in his eyes. Yeah. yeah. Triple like, H was calling him. He, he saw the, the phone call and he was already crying before exactly. even answering, you know. Anna, this man Hunter turned on FaceTime. Him and Sean were on the other and are, are on the screen. Adam fell to his knees and he's like, listen, man, it's time. Me and you, Sean, main roster, world championship. And he's just like, well, I, I, well, I can't. I, you, know, so it's like, you know, it's like those those like romance stories where like, uh, you know, the love of someone's life, like they, they never got together fully, right? And then the person basically gets married with their consolation prize, right? But then their old their old lover reemerges after they're all they already have a ring in their finger, you know. And Hunter's 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 at the wedding, right? Hunter's at the, at the wedding that Adam Cole is having, right? And he's whispering like, "Are you happy?" And Adam Cole's like, "Yeah, yeah, I'm happy." He's like, "You sure?" And he's like, "Yeah." And he's like, "All right, well, you know, just if anything, just let me, you know, call me." And 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 now he's conflicted. Um, yeah. And so the validation on Andrade. I think like. Go ahead. What about Andrade? No, M says that on says Andrade would would want to come back. I said no, he's not going back. I think I think Andrade I mean, was on the phone and he said he said how much money are we talking? Yeah, <laughs> cool. No, I, I think the, the only thing I'm sure of is that yes. Charlotte and Andrade want to work together. They definitely want to work yes. together. Yes. Like Charlotte, she's always she's always posting like herself yeah. in the tranquilo pose and yes. <laughs> pictures with him after. <laughs> Yeah, so I, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if Andrade is going back or if Charlotte is maybe someday leaving, but they definitely want to work together. Yeah. But um, kind of like, not round off, but give a clearer picture of what the WWE tampering thing is. The thing is with tampering, it's funny mm-hmm. to even call it that because it's just as simple as two people just talking, having a conversation, you know, mm-hmm. people reaching out to old friends, etc., etc., etc. This this shit happens in wrestling. Um, that isn't me just being like, oh, I'm someone in the know, blah blah blah. It's nothing like that at all. Um, mm-hmm. This is just what happens in wrestling. I, I guess yeah. the reason why this is a story is because obviously someone's gone back to you know Tony or the higher-ups in AEW, and then, furthermore, that's then got out to Sean, which yes. is um, which is more the story. But this shit goes on, man, and if, you, if you're if you one of those people thinking that Triple H might have reached out to X, Y, and Z wrestler, like, trust me, he probably has. Um, maybe, not him, <laughs> maybe not him directly, but I, someone I can... from WWE. So if you think of all his black and gold favourites and all the people mm-hmm. you think he may have good relationships with, They've probably all been contacted in some way okay. by someone. Okay. You know? Big Daddy Hanger Select right here. Oh, here we go. Listen. <laughs> Big Again. Daddy Hanger Select can tell you straight up right now, people of WWE's talent relations team have made overtures to multiple wrestlers in AEW, and I can tell you 100%, Triple H himself called a number of AEW wrestlers. Are they people who used to wrestle in NXT? Absolutely. Absolutely, <laughs> I can tell you that. Which, which is just funny. It's just not that. Yes, uh, that was a scoop from from Big Daddy Hanger. So, like, um, oh my god, yeah. Uh, what Where's else? Imagine how about the tomatoes? <laughs> oh boy, this is why I'm happy that we're still kind of like, uh, you know, still the new new kids on the block on this Twitter. Why? Thing. You know, 
Because imagine imagine what you just said was like yeah. quoted up by Wrestle Talk or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> well, it does. According to Big Daddy Angus, like, of course, yeah, bro. Listen to me, man. I, I was talking about this in my Twitter space uh, back on the Hangman side. If if you guys don't know, um, but dude, it's it's a it's at a point now where like here's the thing with me. I I, I am plugged into a degree and I, I do get fed information, um, but I'm not a reporter and I I don't get paid to report. And so like my primary. Uh, purpose on twitter is to either drop paragraphs or make jokes and so when i'm when i'm uh, feeling kind of brain dead i just joke around about things and, and it's really funny because i accidentally will, will leak what i know in my joking sometimes and so like i'll just kind of be like yeah, so i'll just kind of be like ha 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 like ricky stark shaboing boy factory and if people are like wait, wait wait what and i'm like never mind and and um it's funny because what happens monty is like i remember i'll never forget when i was making jokes about ricky stark's and uh, David Bixen's fan was just kind of like, what's all this discourse about? What's going on? And people were like tagging him. Like, it was like, it's fucking <laughs> When you get that Bixen, it's hangman. <laughs> and his space, they're, they're, they started this rumor. Um, and, and and even funnier, I, I've been approached by WrestleTalk. And they're like, hey, can we quote this, please? And I was like, no, that's categorically false. And I was joking. And like, oh, okay. <laughs> and then another time, they're like, wait, can you quote you on this? I had a New Japan scoop of all things. Oh, and like, yeah. you remember that, Manny? And, and they're like, can we quote you on that? I was like, yeah, go ahead. I'm, I don't care. Um, I think we're, I think we were in the space when it happened, or we were on Discord when it happened. I think probably, probably. Um, yeah, I've been approached by by various wrestling YouTube people about my things, and I let them use about seventy five percent of it. Um, but like 25% of it, I'm like, bro, this was a total joke. Like this was a complete, there was no group chat where these guys are saying these things. I I'm memeing, you know? Uh, but yeah, that, that is, that is the benefit Monty. And <laughs> it's the main reason why I try to keep some of my scoops to like the group chat because, uh, yeah, I'm afraid of the smoke. Can't lie. Yeah. It's, uh, it's messy out there. <laughs> and if you're messy. wrong, which, you know, as, as we know, uh, Yes. Plans change, man. Yes. Yeah, they do. So it's so like you alluded to earlier. It's like even if it's hangman and CM Punk thing is real, like yeah, it'll probably get twisted and turned into a work somehow. Same thing with this MJF stuff, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, eventually we, we, we it's to both. do you know, it's just it, it becomes both. So yeah, you know, uh it's, it's easy to be wrong a lot when you're doing this reporting game and you know yes. it's a credit to people like sean and even though he's mm-hmm. divisive dave um who you know they uh they do they do it properly here's so the thing they, about it also monty when people don't like you they're like looking for you to be wrong even when you're not wrong and so like you're gonna deal with a bunch of quotes are just like but you said hey and i'm like yeah i did say a it's still a fucking idiot you know so um that's just what happens. Freaking! Did you see Rovert yesterday? <laughs> he, uh, <laughs> he was he was claiming that like my NXT report was just something I got from Brian Alvarez when I was telling all of you guys privately about this information for like a month. Like, am I am I going crazy? Or did I not tell you this, Monty, about a month ago that that the the peacock? I've already told you. You just ignore this guy, bro. Like, was... Yeah, but I can't lie. See, when I used to see Dave Meltzer go back and forth with fans, right? I used to be like, man, why does he? Why does he engage with these like random people? I don't understand, right? But now I realize that I can't lie. When your integrity uh, gets called into question, it's very annoying. It's very Thing annoying. Is Dave. Dave. Okay, so to just be like honest about it, I guess. Yeah. I, I think when it comes to clapping back at fans mm-hmm. on Twitter, 
I think there's a big difference between like what Dave does and what Sean does. Um, Sean will get into like feuds <laughs> almost with like these <laughs> with like these long term psychos who have just been you know what I mean who he should have blocked ages ago. You know what I mean? Yeah, and, yeah, um, yeah. And it will go on and on and on and on, and you know, yeah. sometimes it's kind of like, oh man, I wish he didn't reply, but it's his Twitter, and he can do whatever the fuck whatever he wants, he wants. because. It's clearly working for him because he's got like yeah. nearly 200k followers or whatever the fuck. So, sure, all power to him. He's great at what he does, reporting wise. Um, yeah. Whereas Dave on Twitter, when he's clapping back up fans, Dave will have a take that he already wants to get off, you know, and okay. he'll look for a reply where he can get that take <laughs> off. <laughs> even so. even if it's a even if it's a sweep from like three years ago. Yeah. Well, he's been known to do that. So. <laughs> It's it's really it's really really funny. He'll just um, search. He must just search yeah. it at in a certain take and be like, "How can I it's, prove it's really this funny. person wrong today?" Yeah. Uh, I want to start a beef with Dave Meltzer because of the Shibata report, where, where oh when he God. said that the doctors took the brain out of his head. Yo, yeah, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that was in the newsletter. I remember. No, I, I told I told that to my friends because I saw Dave Meltzer reporting it, and they still make fun of me to this day. <laughs> They're probably like, because uh, I like, believe this. They're probably sweet. That doesn't that make they... any sense. Like that doesn't. <laughs> yeah. That doesn't. That's not how that works. Yeah, exactly. Did you see his tweet today about the UK people? No. I thought it was funny. He said they're getting the axe. Yeah, he's he's hilarious. Uh, speaking of the UK, though, uh, so that, that's the next uh, Daddy Hanger uh, select scoop. Oh. And, and that's that, um, yeah, <laughs> NXT uh, UK, as we know it, is, is effectively done because what they're going to do is they're, they migrated over the key talents that, you know, that they uh, essentially have that have features with them. Uh, over the United States, and yes, it's by no coincidence, it's the highest paid people for the most part, and, and the champions. Uh, they were migrated over to and to the United States, and they're going to be doing uh, Worlds Clyde 4 at, uh, in September uh, for the Peacock special. And mm -hmm. the way it was explained to me and the way I explained it on Twitter is this. <clears throat> Triple H is rebranding NXT. In July, he returned to the Performance Center. He made the comment in the Performance Center about almost putting the dinosaurs to rest. We had no clue what the fuck that meant in July. We now know he was talking about Vince McMahon, who got outed. So clearly, he knew something, which adds to my uh, tinfoil hat theory that he did it. Anyway, back to actual reporting. <laughs> so, yeah, NXT is going to be remade again in Hunter's image. It's going to be a mix. Uh, the UK remnants are going to be mixed with the 2.0 remnants, and that's going to be what's essentially NXT 3.0. Uh, what's it going to be called? No clue. Who is going to be involved specifically? Not sure. In September, there's going to be a draft after the Worlds Collide show. Um, key talents will be picked up and brought to the main roster. I can tell you already, Santos Escobar, who, um, you know. Can he, you, what's up? Can you say what you was told about Braun and Bate? <clears throat> okay, here's what I can say. Um, whoever isn't getting called up, Will be relied upon to be the face of the new rebranded NXT. This NXT, um, you know, who knows what it's exactly going to be, but I would imagine it's going to be closer to the black and gold than what 2.0 is, absolutely, because 2.0 is not Triple H's vision, nor is it what he believes NXT should be. Um, what I can tell you is this there is internal debate. Tyler Bate and Braun Breaker are going to wrestle at Worlds Collide. <clears throat> One of them is going to get called up. The other one will be the face of this new NXT. Who is going to be which? 
that is something that's been actively debated uh, <laughs> internally by WWE. Um, there are people that want Braun on SmackDown and Tyler Bate to lead NXT. And there are people who want vice versa for Tyler Bate, who is seen as more ready to be wrestling on the main roster and Braun to grow and lead the new NXT. So which one wins out? I'm not sure. Um, I'm not even sure who I think should be the one to get called up, frankly. Um, but that's what I was told. And and we now know today because of today's report that uh, NXT itself is basically um, there. The corporate wording is on hiatus, even though it's effectively done. And uh, they announced NXT Europe, which will venture out farther into the country. And um, yeah, so so Triple H's plan for world domination is back on. Uh, <laughs> the remnants of NXT UK are are being let go. What I can tell you about that is that um, essentially the lower paid people of NXT UK, which is the majority of their roster, um, they were given the option to be get the, to get their releases granted, and most of them opted to get their releases granted because. Um, they have bills to pay, and indie dates will do that uh, because they're they're going to be left in limbo right now. It's kind of similar to the Ring of Honor situation. Um, we don't know what NXT Europe is even going to be, if they're even going to be used for NXT Europe, and how that's going to work, and how pay is going <clears> to <throat> how their pay is going to be affected by this because they don't have any TV dates. So for most of them, it just makes complete sense to get your release, take indie dates, and get paid. So that's what most of them opted to do. It's also also partially the reason why they're so, um, I guess the word is gracious in their departures. Have you noticed these tweets? Have you noticed like a lot of them are very gracious and thanking and that kind of, it's because they, they're aware of the situation. And it's one of those things where it's like, all right, well then cut me and let me, you know, let me just work in the independence. And, and, and there's, there's, a, there's a decent chance that a number of them will be called back for NXT Europe, depending on what the fuck it even is. Um, but that's the report with NXT. I'm curious what you guys think about that situation and, and the whole Braun Tyler Bate thing. But that's that's the reality, and that's what's going to happen uh, in the near future. NXT's um, it's a funny one because I can't remember which report it was. It could have been Sean, yeah. it could have been Dave, it could have, it may have even been Wade Geller. But it was like with Triple H in control of creative, Stephanie as CEO, they're going to look at every single aspect of WWE with a fresh set of eyes. So. I can or it was one of the first thing I thought of was NXT UK, honestly, because it was just like, how do you look at that and think, okay, that's fine <laughs> the way it is, you know? <laughs> Something had to be done, whether it was yeah. closing it down, whether it was merging the two brands, like it seems like they're doing, yes. whether it's you know, whatever it is, the need it needed something, whether it was a rebranding or just whatever, it just it, something needed to happen pretty drastically with NXT UK because it was just kind of quietly sitting there and nobody cared about it for way too long so um at least they're doing something i guess um it'll be interesting to see how aggressively they continue to move with recruitment especially now on the european scene um mm -hmm. because you know triple h unfortunately um a lot of all the best indie talents are in um AEW now, <laughs> so yes, the scene. You know there is still some special talents out there, especially if you look in old places like Mexico. I'm sure there is a uh, more than what I'm aware of here in the Amazing. UK. No, uh, please, please leave it alone. <laughs> just, why, would you bring, why would you bring Mexico up at all? Oh my god, could you imagine NXT Mexico? <laughs> no, but it's just yes. I'm, I'm just talking for NXT and WWE in general. It's like yeah, if you're yeah. Triple H, if you're Triple H looking at the scene now, it's a lot different than what it was in 2019. 
completely. Yes. yes. Um, if, you're, if, you, if you were Triple H and one of the people working for the Performance Center three years ago, right, you could pop up any indie show and you're going to find five hoopers you're going to want in your company, mm -hmm. you know. And, and now you're going to find five <clears throat> hoopers across like maybe five shows. So it, it's, it's, tough, it's, it's, a, it's a much, much more shallow scene. He should start off with NXT Canada and then work his way down. NXT Canada. I um if you ask me, I think he should focus on the rebrand of the main domestic NXT and get that over and get that back off and running. Yeah. And get that back to a point where he can run takeovers, which he wants to do again. He wants to tour it again because that's that's what he believes in. And to me, I think I said it to you yesterday. God bless him and I like the ambition, but with um AEW and the talent pool that's available, getting back mm -hmm. to putting 25k in the Barclays like they've done before is um that's th that's a multi-year process. What I can tell you though, Monty, is look, man, you know, if, if you do give me a, a a WWE produced alternative brand that has Tyler Bate, let's say some badass dude from Dragon Gate, right? And then like <laughs> just just any it's literally any guy you landed from Mexico. And another wrestler and stuff, but you you told me that I can't get five thousand people to an arena with the the WWE company backing and shit like that. I think it honestly could. Um, it, it would take time. Cool. Would that's take not a takeover though, bro. It's a Take that's it's not a takeovers. Like takeovers were filling arenas like 10, 15k, bro. They were doing it. They were doing the thing, bro. It was crazy. Sure. And now it's because AEW didn't exist, I think, and mm -hmm. people wanted independent style wrestling with a big budget and presentation and stuff like that. And yeah, the, the market is is kind of cornered for that a little bit with AEW. We'll, we'll see to what extent, you know. We will certainly see to what extent that means. But that's why for me, it's like I read all this stuff, and I, I, I my my thought on this information is just that um, honestly, Hunter should focus on whatever this new NXT is going to look like, rather than yeah. like I'm gonna do NXT 3.0, NXT Europe, and NXT Japan, and NXT Mexico. It's like, bro, just fucking slow down, just relax, fix one, fix Raw and SmackDown, bro, like. You know what I'm saying? Like we're on we're on the path, but can we like can we like get your your house in order fully? It, this feels like you you stepped into your home that's been like ravaged, right? And you cleaned up like the living room a little bit, and then you're like, okay, now I'm gonna buy all this stuff to put on my lawn and buy new furniture. Clean your house. Clean yeah, your house. It's, like I said, um, about that report that I'm sure I've seen. I could have just imagined it, but like just them looking at everything with a fresh set of eyes. Yeah, um, it's, 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 so it's like they've gone into every room and picked up a little piece and then <laughs> just walked yes. out of it and gone into the next room. And, yes. You know, so um, it's a process, but mm. uh, it'll be interesting to see how it plays out, especially, you know, it's always interesting for me when um, – a head booker, head of creative, whatever you want to call it, is aggressive in the um, talent acquisition market, whether that was Tony Khan in the 2020, 2021, 2019, whether that was WWE and WCW in the late 90s, um, whether that was NXT. It's always, it always makes for more interesting shows because it brings back that aura of, like, you don't know what's going to happen. Anything so, could happen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, <clears throat> Real quick before we move off this topic, I have two questions. Number one, um, I'm just curious for everybody. I'm, I'm sure we, we're all in agreement that like the better wrestler at this point is Tyler Bate between him and Braun Breaker. Um, but but my question is, when it comes to this whole internal debate of who should be where, uh, Monty, who do you think should get the call up and who should get the undisputed title basically and, and be is, is still in NXT? Um, this will probably surprise people because I'm such a huge Tyler Bate guy, but. Okay. Braun Breaker. 
because so I think he needs to get yeah he needs to get out of NXT more urgently. I think mm. um, if you pay close attention to the NXT crowd, which I doubt anyone actually does, because obviously it's just kind of like you know those Florida weird, WWE weird crowds, yeah. but like. Bron Breaker, because he's just been the ace kind of pretty much ever since he's been there. He's kind of like, I don't want to say like seeing a Cody Rhodes vibes where he get, but he he does get a couple of boos. But like when um yes. when he had that face to face to talk about at the end of the show um on Tuesday, he did get a few boos, <laughs> which is yes, he's probably just an indication of what more can, like how many more people can he beat? How many more people can he run through? And it's just mm-hmm. kind of like if he's going to drop the belt to somebody, he's going to have to win it back because that's what you're building him up to be. I think it's um, I think he can do. I think he can definitely do something with him on the main roster. Whereas Tyler Bate, you can still bring him up to NXT in the US and give him something fresh in the meanwhile and just bring him up next year because he's ready and I'd probably he's probably more ready but with Brian I just think it's a time to just get him out of NXT, get him out of that Florida warehouse and um you know get shit cracking with him. Anna I feel that Brom Brom Breaker like he fits more in the main roster right now mm-hmm. with the main roster as it is right now. Like we don't know how it will be like next year and five years yeah. but right now i think brom fits a little bit more and if triple h wants to get an xc back to the sort of black and gold days i think mm-hmm. tyler bait is the right decision especially in the wrestling side of it yes i mean he can give the matches that triple h wants to and while we're talking about an nxc i just want to say like triple h better stay away from japan don't, don't <laughs> even look don't even look don't even look at Stardom. Like my worst nightmare is that he starts like talent poaching from Stardom again, like he did with yeah. Kyrie and Io. Yeah. Because I just know he would try to get Julia, and he no. would try to pair her up 100%. with Giovanni Vinci and call her like Juliana Gucci or something like Juliana that. Like I just Gucci. know. I just, I just know. I just know he would do that. So don't, don't even look at that. Anna, Anna, it's crazy. I literally saw a tweet where someone said, like, you know, if he looks at Stardom, Julia's the first person he's gonna he's gonna yes. steal. That's crazy. <laughs> and also, I hope they free Mako Satomura. Don't make her lose to Minja Rose. <laughs> oh my! I saw your tweet about that. <laughs> like, yeah. Listen, I, I, I felt sick just thinking about it. <laughs> that is crazy. Like, just the idea of Mako Satomura. And, and mind you, I'm not even super familiar with her, but I, I know that she's really respected and like a really great wrestler. Mm-hmm. The idea of her like, you know, losing to like the hip swiveling toxic attraction girl is just kind of crazy. Um, yes. yes. And, and, that would be of, so nasty. Just kind of, a criminal. Kind of just yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh I I just hope they free Mako because I don't think Mako wants to go to the United States. So yeah, I, yeah, I don't know what they would do one. to her. Yeah, mm-hmm. I don't know what it what they'll do, but I want to see her back in Japan because there's so much more talent in Japan now than when she mm-hmm. left. So I would love to see her going back to stardom and maybe maybe doing like her tour in all the Joshi companies. Yeah, I keep hearing about how like the Joshi scene is just like multiplying when it comes to the amount of just really high level talent in recent years, and how like the quality of shows just from Stardom alone ha- have have increased when it came like I, I, someone was telling me about how like Stardom, you know, the main events used to be really good, but some of the undercards were kind of shaky a couple years ago, and now it's like there's there's much more depth when it comes to talent. Um, 
Yeah, no, it's, it's actually no. like insane because the, the five star Grand Prix, usually you have the duds in the tournament. It's, it's yeah. normal, you know, you have the those mm. people who are not as good and whatever. Yeah. But even the girls that are not the best in ring, they're still having banging matches. It's wow. it's really been insane. Their Karakin Hall show was unbelievable from top to bottom. There, there wasn't like a single bad match. Mm -hmm. So stardom is really popping right now. And I hope yeah. Triple H doesn't hear about it like he doesn't know <laughs> just don't don't renew his stardom world subscription right please Spe speaking of st <laughs> you're stressed about it you know all right you know speaking of stardom I'll, I'll, I'll give the floor to you anna uh don't don't lose your mind uh, too quickly um but but you you are our resident um joshi joshi person here so uh give me a stardom report remember to talk to me like a five-year-old because I, I'm, I'm i'm lost with this stuff but um what, what should i be looking out for now this week um, what's been going on? What matches should people be checking out from Stardom and, and just the Joshi scene in general right now? Yeah, again, like right now, the Five Star Grand Prix is going on, which is sort of Stardom's G1 Climax. It's yeah. a points-based tournament, so all of that is going on. I would say check out the Karakan Hall show they did for the Five Star Grand Prix. I think it's like 10 matches, maybe a mm -hmm. little bit more, but every single match is so great, and they have a time limit of 15 minutes, so there's that's no like that sounds good. super long match yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. it's really sounds, easy to watch yeah. yeah and they did like the main events of the show mirai versus suzuki and momo watanabe versus Starlight kid were yeah. some of the best matches of the year for me mm -hmm. personally and it happened on the same show which was insane and this weekend on sunday we're having the stardom versus stardom pay-per-view which was it's gonna be main evented by shuri versus nanaita kahashi which i'm is gonna stop you right legend. here I'm gonna stop right there. You said yeah. stardom versus stardom? Yeah, that's the name. Oh, I'm so I was like, is there is there a second stardom promotion that's just fighting star? Like I'm so con okay. Okay, so yeah, it's just the it's just the name. It's just gotcha. the name. And but the biggest match for me personally is the match I'm most looking forward to. It's Sayaka yes. Mitani, which is currently the wrestler of the year. Wow uh, versus Kyrie. So okay. it's, it's how, gonna how's, be how's Kyrie, like, how's Kyrie looked in, 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 in her return run? Phenomenal, just phenomenal. Okay. Like she's so great, and now she's having the opportunity to wrestle against people who are as great as her. So yeah, all the matches are phenomenal, and I think this one with Saya is definitely a match of the year candidate. Just on paper, and they face off before in a tag match, and it was great. They have so much chemistry in the ring. So this one is is a match that people should definitely look at. I think it's gonna it's gonna be amazing. And besides Stardom, there was the finals of the Princess Cup, the semifinals in Tokyo Joshi. Tokyo the Joshi. Miwatanabe, right, yeah. yeah. Miwatanabe versus Miu Yamashita semifinal match was just amazing. It was amazing. Again, yeah. yeah another match of the year content. <laughs> yeah. I, I knew it was great because JoJo was harassing me to check it out in like three in the morning. <laughs> um, yeah, listen, great stuff. Anna, appreciate it. Monty, this is why this is why we give her the big bucks. You know what I mean? Like, look at this amazing. <laughs> beautiful analysis um i want everyone in, in in the comments to just give anna her flowers because she just she just uh she smashed it there um and while you guys are doing and that oh, go ahead go ahead also also yeah i'm i'm doing i'm still doing like my every time i watch a five second pre-show i my plan this year is to watch every single match from the five second pre it's 157 matches i think oh there's so many God. matches <laughs> yeah and i want to watch every single one anna so i'm sort of like yeah <laughs> 
I'm sort of breaking it down and I'm I'm doing like this little post of the must see matches from each day. So if okay. you don't know where to start, if you want to watch matches, but you want to watch the entire Grand Prix or the entire shows, just check it out. It's my pinned tweet. So you can wow. just see and find which matches to watch. Would you look at that, man? Comprehensive breakdowns, analysis, recaps. And uh, what more really, do you want? You know, what more do you we're want, we're man? Professionals, bro. We're gonna stay in Japan, Manny. Did you watch the finals of the G1? Yeah, did awesome. you not see him on Twitter? <laughs> Tell me about it. He <laughs> was, was, was tweeting alarms and no, I'm just saying, I'm saying, did you see that shit, bro? That shit was yeah. off the chain. Will Osprey. Will Osprey like awesome. yeah, really cool. Kazuchika Okada in the finals of the G1 Climax, uh, 32, I believe, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Uh, they yeah. went over 30 minutes, if I'm not mistaken. And my God, like we've seen these guys hook up before. We've seen them wrestle mm-hmm. at Wrestle Kingdom this year and last year, if I'm not mistaken, I think. Um, they faced a few times now. And, and for me, before I even toss it to Manny, for me... Um, I, I have New Japan fatigue in the sense that, like, a lot of their top matchups are matchups we've seen before, right? Which is why I don't I don't rush to watch big New Japan matches the way I used to, purely because it's like I know what that in-ring dynamic looks like. And so, for me, it's, like, less exciting to see what how that looks looks like in the ring. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, that's fair. Like, for me... It's, for, it's me, very dry in that sense. Yeah, it, it's one of those things where it's like, even if I know it's great, it's like I know what, um, for example, a Naito Okada match looks like. So I'm not yeah. rushing to check out Naito Okada 17. You know what I'm saying? Um, so when I went to Osprey Okada, I heard so many good things about it. And, you know, I'm expecting a great match because they've had great matches. Um, but I was caught off guard with how good this was because it starts off and, you know, it's the big long Okada match. They do the feeling out stuff and, you know, tap the chest, rope break and, you know, the, the usual long New Japan match stuff. And I'm like, yeah, this is this is good. But then the reversals were insane, bro. This man Osprey went for um an os cutter and got hit with a drop kick on the back of the neck. This man Osprey was doing styles clashes and going for one winged angels. Like I, Manny, I just Manny, go ahead, bro. Go ahead, bro. Go ahead. <laughs> so like as you said, nobody does big matches like New Japan does. Like the way they did the presentation with the flowers, they being like. Even like the the like the costumes that they were wearing, Okada with yeah. that Inoki robe, which it was, was like, sexy. Yeah, it was like that. I didn't realize it was like 3M. So every time mm-hmm. they flashed, it would turn gray, and I was like, "What the heck's going on with my phone?" <laughs> and then I realized it was just like his robe. Yeah. And then like, and then you have uh, Osprey, just like a god. And then uh, after like that performance, it was weird too. It was just crazy because Okada got him in that uh, thing. You know how he does a tap the shoulder, th- uh, tap the chest thing, like Okada usually does. Mm-hmm. So he does that, but instead of tapping the shoulder, he just elbows him in the face, which was just freaking sick. And then Osprey just with all the different counters and everything. And then I was just hoping that he won. It was just like, I was like, man, we need a new change in this new Japan and Osprey's a change. Then he lost. And I was like, fuck, man, Mm -hmm. that ruled. And I'm just like, I don't know how somebody outdoes every great performance. I don't think any. It's it's crazy. It, it's cr- you can't when it when do you when it comes to these two both these guys right it's like whatever because here's the thing I, i've noticed with new japan pro wrestling for example and, and again I, i'm on record thinking that um you know the product is just not quite as interesting as it used to be and it's kind of cold and a lot of the matches are repeats and so it's it's just not whatever um but quite frankly it's like 
they they don't let you be dorks about this. Like, like if you want to be one of those people that kind of criticize the epic match formula that New Japan does, which they do all the time, especially for Okada, right? Um, if you want to criticize Okada himself as a performer, maybe, oh, he's not as motivated as he used to be, or his matches are formulaic. If you want to criticize Will Ospreay, oh, maybe he just, you know, his his five-star matches aren't memorable or whatever you want to say. It's like they 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 have these matches where you it's like it's like through their work, they're telling you to shut the fuck up. Like I'm sitting there and, and Monty, like they we're getting the dramatic camera camera shots of them like um on their hands and knees, right? And it's zooming in on Osprey's face, and he's like, oh, oh, and it cuts to Okada, and he he looks intense and stuff. And I'm like, bro, listen, man, this stuff is just awesome. I you have to have like, look, wrestling is subjective, right? Some things cannot be for you totally, and, and, and really long, overindulgent epic matches can be kind of like a slog sometimes. Um, but I'm watching this, and I'm like, man, it's you have to be trying, really trying to think that this is bad to think it's bad, you know. I'm sit like it, it's just it's just epic. Um, the, the counters were amazing. The, the the final like ten minutes are just. It, it's not even like finisher selling. It's like counter 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 finisher. You know what I mean? Counter 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 tombstone spinning tombstone, rainmaker reversal. Like and, and they're so creative and inventive and athletically impossible. Like Osprey's that that like reach around kick he does. Like oh, how yeah. does how does his leg I'm bend really like cool. that? How, yeah. I've seen other wrestlers do that, and it looks like shit. Like because yeah. like I all right confession when Osprey did it in this match, I got up right, and I was I tried to see if my leg could bend like that, and I fell, <laughs> and so I was like, so maybe I'm just fat, but, but like, I was like, how, how does he do that, bro? Like it like because try to somebody stand up if you're listening, bro, stand up right now, and reach your leg backwards but then curve it like it's it's weird like i'm doing it right now it, it's weird uh he's he's sensational man it's it's you can't like man look if you don't think he's the best in the world that's fine you have to you have to like at least say he's one of the most athletically gifted people we've ever seen in the history of the business um he is he is so 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 talented uh i thought this was excellent um okada wins not the most, uh, I guess, inspiring thing in the world, so to speak. Um, but what I will say, Monty, is I'm really happy that because I saw some people saying, "Oh, it doesn't matter who wins the G1 because there's a two night Wrestle Kingdom," and that's been a thing for years. It's like, oh, who cares about the who cares about who wins because you know they're both going to get a shot. It's a two night thing, and I always thought that kind of sucked. It's like, then what's the point of the G1? What's the point of holding the briefcase? What's the point of you know all, Wrestle Kingdom? Right? I, I'm of the belief that, in my personal view. Just tuned in. Why is Hanger telling me to wrap my legs around my head? Jordan Potsu, I want you to stand up right now, right? <laughs> and, and stand up right now. Pick your right leg up, right? And then point it backwards, but also wrap it like in a, in a curved motion. Um, and I, I'm not paying your medical bills when this fails, but just, just try it out. Um, but no, no man. He's a poor man, Ricochet. Never say it again. Who said that? Did someone say that in the comments? Yeah, Kirby Freeman. No. I, yeah. I I I have nothing cool. against Ricochet, but he can't do the storytelling Osprey can do. Like this, yeah, no, the, he doesn't. The storytelling Osprey does just in the middle of this match when he started going off and doing the finishers of everyone who has beaten Okada before. I was freaking out. It was eight a.m. Everybody was asleep, <laughs> and I was screaming. I was just screaming because oh my god, when he did the V trigger hand, when he looked at Okada oh, and did the whole god. like. 
I freaked out. It was so good. And when he attempted the one good angel, and it's so great. I think they're really building towards Osprey versus Omega yeah. because 100%. after the match, yeah, the commentary started to say like maybe I think that if he had hit the one hit the one wing angel, angel, he would have yeah, he yeah. he would have won. Like the yes. commentary said that. And oh my god, it was a phenomenal match. I, mm. I really like Osprey. I was looking back into my list of my favorite matches of the year, and there's six Osprey matches there. Like he's unbelievable. He's he just did. delivering this year nonstop. He's amazing. Did you, hear the, did you hear the crowd when Osprey did the V yes. and got him the yes. only thing? Yeah, bro. Yes, bro, they were sure. The whole arena gasped out at once. <laughs> yeah, yeah, was the, crowd, the crowd, the crowd at one point was just popping. My fist, was just yeah. popping the air. That's the thing. That's, that's what I love about really, really great matches happening in Japan now. It really sucks that the fans can't make audible noise all the time for the big events like that. Um, but when the matches are so good, they do it anyway. So, yeah. like in all these reversals, all year is like, oh, 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 <laughs> like for every year. Oh, that two, that and- New Japan even uploaded it onto the Twitter. Like that two minute stretch where um, <laughs> <laughs> Osprey hits a hidden blade, then he hits a high floor flow, mm-hmm. then he hits Stalls Clash, then he starts busting out the V trigger into the one winged angel, fails, gets nailed with a rainmaker, then kicks out of it. Um, I'm the crowd was just popping. You know what's so sick? <laughs> like was... I love when I love when like they go for um uh, um when Okada goes for rainmakers and like an uh, Osprey with two arms will just block it like he'll, he'll like slap the arm off and spin around <laughs> and like do like an elbow strike. That shit is so nasty. Um, I want to point out that I know like the, the... is loud. Oh. No, I was gonna feel like I we know the New Japan crowd loves Okada, but after he yeah. won, the, it was just silenced. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I uh, think people were really rooting for Osprey to win, and they managed to build a story that we felt like I, I just knew Okada would win because after yeah. they announced the one one night Wrestle Kingdom, like how can they do on one night Wrestle Kingdom and don't have Okada man invented? Like it, yeah, it, it wasn't gonna happen. We just know mm, it wasn't mm, gonna happen. So I knew yeah, I knew Okada was winning, but still they managed to build that tension and it was so well made. Definitely one of the best matches of the year, maybe one of the best matches ever. Like, I don't know, it was great. Really it, it, it's crazy and, and Monty, mind you uh you know i am i'm a cranky old man right so it, it's harder to please backup hangman uh, unless you're seeing punk um and so I'm, I'm sitting here and again i wasn't i didn't fold my hands like this isn't that good but i did say to myself about maybe 15 minutes and i'm like ah that's the problem with new japan it's just like it, <laughs> it's, the no sound the no crowd noise it's, it's just it's a hard barrier to get through it's hard to be as great as the great omega matches without any crowd noise but then they started doing the reversals, and I was like, yo, this is crazy. Um, <laughs> you know, well, you know, I was like, the one, thing, the one thing I want to point out too is like when uh, yeah, when Osprey came out, uh Chris Charlton, he said that uh he's Osprey's a real all-Atlantic champion. So yeah. I think they teased the thing with Pat, and then also he also said that greatness recognizes greatness and they don't yield to greatness. And I thought that was such a great opening line for this match, where it was just like oh Okada's trying to defend his uh his spot between a young guy like Osprey and Osprey be, Osprey came into this tournament as a heel. Mm-hmm. And he and by the end of this tournament, he's a baby face and he's also cutting promos like uh Omega was when he was gonna go into hey, the hey, hey, yeah. You know, you know who else is a notable New Japan Gaijin that went from heel to babyface naturally, just purely by virtue of his excellent work. Uh, it's, it was Kenny Omega who Osprey is clearly going to face um probably at Wrestle Kingdom. So yeah, all of this is pretty exciting. Hearing about AEW wrestlers probably going to the Tokyo Dome for that show is awesome. Forbidden Door was incredible. Yeah. So 
a, a follow-up to Forbidden Door of some kind uh, in Japan is really exciting. Um, and, and it's good for New Japan Pro Wrestling because I, I do think that they need a shot in the arm. They do a lot of things great. The big matches, their top stars are, are, are sensational. Um, they know how to make people feel like gods, like Okada when he walks out with the robe, which is sexy, like I said. Um, it, it's just one of those things where they need some uh, injections of new blood, new matchups, you know what I mean? So seeing their top guys mix it up with AEW's top guys uh, in the Tokyo Dome, I mean, what more could you want? So I'm excited for that. It, it, I'm, I'm excited that they're coming to, to my neck of the woods. They're coming to New York City in October. I'm going to be buying tickets to that. It's going to be a busy It's going to be a busy fall season for Hangman, man. I'm going to be at Arthur Ashe in September. Uh, I'm going to see if I can get in, get in the press scrum and, and get a media pass. Um, I, I'm going to be at uh, the New Japan show in New York. And I will be at Full Gear. Uh, I don't know if this has been public. Is, is it public news yet where Full Gear is located? No. Okay, then I'll be quiet. But I will be at full gear. I'll be I'll be at full gear. Uh so it's gonna be a fun period. It's gonna be a fun period. Um and yeah, before Monty, before we get to whatever else you want to address, uh I'm just I want to play a quick little game with you because I just think this is really funny. Um <laughs> someone gave me the list of, of UK wrestlers that got released, right? And like to me, I, I didn't believe that these were real names. Um so I'm just going to ask you guys. I'm going to throw a name out. You're going to tell me if you knew this person was like, like existed, right? Saxon Huxley. No. 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 Sid. Can we not do this? <laughs> That's so bad. I already don't like this game. Can we, can we talk about AEW now? You know? Okay. Oh, All right. Sure. I'm going to tell you straight up. When I saw Mark uh, Mark uh, Andrew's name on that list, I yeah, said, that's yeah. where you've been this whole time? Yeah. I, I, I was, oh, man. I felt so bad. Mind you, I felt really bad for – um, what's his name? Uh, uh, Flash Morgan Webster, right? I, and and when, it, when he announced that he was parting ways, I was like, man, I really like this tag team. And someone said to me, like, they haven't been together for a year. Oh, and, I said, and I said, and I said, I said, oh, where's he been? And he was like, he's injured. And I was like, oh. <laughs> and so it tells you like just you know how out of the loop I was. You know, I'm I'm not trying to make fun of anyone who who you know has to now find employment. It, it was just it was just kind of striking to me how out of, out of touch I was with UK and like how much I just didn't know their like lower card scene. Um, but anyway, uh, Monty AEW oh, Dynamite. And before we night. move on, I want to okay. say something about Osprey. He's on the next. Sure. The next seven days form is insane. He's What's wrestling. He's he's wrestling Ricky. Uh, what's his name? Uh, if you guys know, like Ricky. Ricky Marvin. From, uh, no, I just I can't. I just forgot his name. He's wrestling Ricky, and then he, the on Dragon Sunday Steel? the next. No, he's wrestling a UK guy that's really good. And then on Sunday he's wrestling. Uh, next day he's wrestling uh, Mike Bailey. Yeah, and I then, saw that. One. And then Wednesday he's wrestling in that six man. It's gonna be great. Yeah, yeah, it's gonna be tremendous. Listen, man, oh, he, he, he's, he's, he's uh he's he's busting his ass. Uh, he's having a great year. His matchup pack, probably at all out, I'm assuming, uh, is going yeah. to be tremendous. So yeah, man, things are things are looking good for Mister Mister Will Ospreay. Uh, yeah. As I was saying, Monty, last night was AEW Dynamite. It was sponsored okay, Ricky Knight Jr. There we go. Yeah. Thank you, Diego. Um, yeah, last night was AEW Dynamite. Uh, they they had the whole um, House of Dragon Game of Thrones spinoff gimmick. I thought the intro was and now to the real business now. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> One hour yeah. in, you know. Yeah, man. It's not going well, on. You know, man. I'm even going to tweet about it. What's up? Know. I'm even going to tweet about it. Oh, oh, that we're getting we're into now, that. We're now talking about AEW yes. Dawn of Honor. Yes, we I are. Yes. Them, I think AEW missed a big opportunity on putting flames on the ringside. 
Listen, man, you know me. I'm, I'm I'm a big design and aesthetic guy. If it was up to me, all the special episodes would have crazy elaborate stages. Um, but beggars can't be choosers. But yeah, last night was the House of Dragon sponsored uh, AEW Dynamite show. The intro uh, intertwined clips of the show with really high resolution movie style shots of the wrestlers. And I thought it was super sick and I wanted it to go on for another minute. Um, but last night was Dynamite and it was a very eventful show. So much happened on the show. Uh, so much news came out of it. Um, we had the return of Kenny Omega. We had CM Punk speaking for the first time since he um, uh, went away with his in- injury. And so we're going to go right to that opening promo because it was it was crazy. CM Punk walked out, and by my estimation, he came out. He said he was the shit. He then called Blackpool Combat Club mid, mid uh, and then he snatched John Moxley's chain. Um, if you guys see it any differently, feel free to add your perspective john moxie is somebody that i very much respect as a wrestling talent i think he's sensational he's having an amazing year the best year of his career um but boo backup hangman <laughs> is that is that chris chris is that is that our chris well it's, it's, it seems to uh <laughs> seems to make sense no 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 time out time out monty give him the fucking stream yard link. i don't care give him the fucking stream yard link I don't care. Give it him. Give it him now because here's uh, the thing. You know, I will send I was going to be nice. I was, yeah, I give, just, just give it him. And, and guess what, join, everybody? Will send join, he's a coward. You know, I was going to be nice about it. I was going to be nice about it because I like John Moxley. I have a soft spot for Mr. Moxley. I think he's great. But but, but CM Punk bullied him, all right? He, oh. he baby-shaked this man. He dog-walked him, all right? Verbally, Mox had nothing to say to this guy, bro. His only line was... You went to AEW for the money. Okay. I go to work for money. We got bills to pay. The fact that Tony Khan was willing to pay him millions of dollars is because he's CM Punk. Like like CM Punk said, Moxley can be the heart and soul all he wants. Who keeps the lights on? I don't throw all your tomatoes, man. I don't give a <laughs> man. Listen, he did say that. He said he did. Go ahead. I did say that. You can, he said that you can be the heart and soul. I'll be the. The dollars, the dollars and cents, because it's true, God damn it! The highest buy rate for any AEW pay per view was all out 2021. Why? Because CM Punk came back to wrestling. It wasn't because Kenny Omega was facing Christian. It wasn't because John Moxley was facing Satoshi Kojima. It was just CM no, Punk was back. It was just CM Punk was back. What are we yeah, talking uh, about? Who keeps the lights on? There's a reason uh, Tony Khan went the on the yeah, roll rant at the at the meet, at the press room. He knows yeah. who he knows who pays his bills. It's CM Punk. You can cry all you want. I will bring out charts and graphs and 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 and, and lists. It's numerically and factually and statistically backed. All right. You can say all you want about John Moxley, you know, being the wrestler of the year because he had good matches with, you know, with uh with Mance Warner and good matches with, you know, whoever you want to throw up. He's having a really good year. He's having some cute matches. CM Punk is He's having got, bro. What are you talking about? <laughs> what do you mean what I'm talking about? I'm not, even though I can't sit here and listen no, to this shit right now. Listen, listen, I will say, I will say that my, I will say know who the man is. I will say that CM Punk he did cook our boy Moxley. He cooked him. You're no but you're you <laughs> Hollywood hangman he out of If that's even your real name. It's not you, you. Are going too far right now. I'm not calling, 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 calling John Moxley's yeah, calling John Moxley's yeah, cute. He's it's too cute. far. 
It's nah, cute. Nah. Listen, 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 it's listen. Cool. I'm, 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 I'm with you. Punk, punk did that man last night. Listen, when, listen. when people were giving you tomatoes for saying that Punk cooked him last night, he I didn't them. agree with it. I just true. put it. Chris is here. Chris. Go ahead, Chris. Talk to Why me. did I get called out on my day off? <laughs> I have a day off, and this bitch ass nigga calls me out. Because <laughs> you're listen, you and 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 your butt buddy Rob had so <laughs> much to say on social media. You were like, <laughs> homophobic? No. See, <laughs> <laughs> CM Punk's being a fed stand. No, he said the truth. All right, Kobe Kingston. Nah, I can't even say that. I was gonna say Kobe's better than Eddie Kingston. I can't say that with a straight face. But the point is this: CM Punk. Put over Kofi Kingston, he put over Roman Reigns and Seth Rollins, and he put over Eddie Guerrero and Umaga. Listen, Punk. Here's the thing about Punk, right? And, and this is this is a, a case in my point, Chris. You guys remember how Punk in the in the segment? Where did Monty go? You guys remember how Punk in the segment kept saying, "Tell me when I'm tell me when I'm telling a lie. Stop me when I'm when I'm telling a lie." Quite frankly, you could argue everything he said was a flat out lie. But guess what? Because he's CM Punk, it doesn't matter. All right, is John Moxley the worst member of the Shield? No, he's not. <laughs> but CM Punk said it. So guess what, baby? It's the fucking fact. All right. Um, yeah, man. He just grilled John Moxley, bro. Chris, your boy came out, right? You know what I noticed? His hairline and his hair was a little looser than it normally is. Why? Because he's stressed out. He's stressed out because he got to be the fake man while 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 the real men were gone. You know, now that Danielson's back and Punk is back and Kenny Omega's back, it's like, damn. I can't really be him anymore. I got to be like fake him. I got to be number four. And there's nothing wrong with being number four. You know, Mox is a great number four. But he's not CM Punk. And we saw that in the segment. John Moxie got in his face and CM Punk said, hey, don't get too close because if I hit you, you're going to bleed all over the place. He called him a blood merchant. He called him a blood merchant. He basically went jobber nation on TV and it, it had banged. What do you have to say for yourself and what do you have to say for your man, John? Because he got annihilated. And if John Moxie, who's an amazing promo, got annihilated, just imagine, just imagine when CM Punk goes toe-to-toe verbally with Kenny Omega. Like, it's going to be slaughter on live television. First thing, get off cock. Jesus Christ. (laughs) Oh, my God. Second thing, Punk let Mox kiss him on the lips, bro. He didn't do anything. I would never let a man kiss me on the lips without my consent and then <laughs> slap me, bro. Like, what? How are we talking about these verbal jabs when this man physically violated your dog? Physically he didn't vi- violate no, 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 no. You know what that was? That was a deer in the headlights looking to do an emergency thing because he just didn't know what to do. Mox is like, yo, I'm, get, I'm getting CM annihilated, Punk is terminally bro. ill online, bro. This nigga needs Twitter. He needs to be online or he doesn't feel like he's CM Punk. That's not true. He is a message verge merchant. <laughs> he was on the message verge. Bro, this man is not him. He had a little Whoa. pinky issue and started botching all over the place. Them oh, Brett Hart <laughs> tribute matches ain't going to save him. It, it, it is going to save him. And, and guess what? You know what John did? John was like, yo, I'm getting grilled, man. And Chris, you know how in spaces you just like make weird noises to get attention when you don't know what to do? That's what John did when he kissed when he kissed uh, when he kissed uh, CM Punk. He was like, "Yo, I'm getting cooked, dude. Quick, think of something." It, it, all I could think of was kissing this beautiful man. It, it, I'm telling you, it, it, God, damn, bro, what is 
Like, get off his feet. The dick rioting. It's insane. <laughs> and now this he's is backstage, whining so and crying. He's not whining. Like he always does. Like he's in <laughs> WWE when he quit oh, WWE. This is crazy. Like a little pussy. Wow. <laughs> wow. Did Mox quit WWE? Nah, bro said, hey, I'm yes, going to the punches. He no, yes, he, he did. Quit. He waved his contract came over. No, he did not quit. He did not quit. He did not quit. And then John Oxford didn't go to UFC and get his ass dogged out in two fights. Oh, wow. Wow. Call Mickey Gall on the phone, nigga. That's crazy. Dog, the second Punk UFC fight was so bad, oh they my fired God. the other nigga in the fight, too. <laughs> <laughs> Listen. Listen. How are you so bad you, get, you fucking take away someone else's job? Hey, listen. <laughs> listen. CM Punk pays the bills. He, he keeps the lights on. He is the guy. He makes you feel. You know, you can talk about all your moxie bangers, and he's he has the most out of any AEW wrestler this year. I will not discredit his wrestling ability. I will not discredit his talent. However, what I think about when I think about this year is I think about how CM Punk versus MJF made me feel as a program. MJF said in his pipe bomb, this I nigga make- brought up the grind runner. Keep talking. He's not a grind runner. He's a prophet. That nigga is he's a grind runner. How does a, how do I sound, by the way? Because I'm currently you sound totally fine, Monty. I was gonna say, bro, my my voice was completely cut out. Two niggas who are used to running the grind had a program together that made you feel something. Because you know what? what? When when you're generational, you can afford to walk out on your terms. CM Punk got dogged in that MJF promo, by the way. He, MJF he, was dogging his ass. That, that's just and not Eddie true. was definitely dogging his ass. No, he didn't. Eddie hey, Kingston bro, started Eddie, crying. Listen, Eddie started crying because CM Punk said, hey, bro, it wasn't just me that thought she was above my nigga. It was me and Danielson and everybody else. And Eddie Kingston got up in his face and started like saying, why? Because I'm because I'm fat? Because I like to eat a little? Bro, he wasn't dogging him. He was about to cry. And, and he had CM Punk getting booed, bro. Yes, straight up, you know, craziness. Cause, cause no other baby face in the business is doing that. Bro. Eddie Kingston is an amazing baby face because it's easy to feel bad for him. You know, it, it's hard to feel bad for greatness. CM Punk is the personification of just excellence. He is Michael Jordan. You know, it's speaking of excellence, how you see this nigga horror movie? Y'all think it's seen? All uh, right, uh, all right. On the third floor. Hey, hey, that's We're why your connection. About... That's why your connection is getting poppy because you're talking bullshit. Listen. Hey, fuck you. <laughs> Listen, man. <laughs> it, it's I get it, man. People don't want to boot, don't want to cheer for dynasties. People don't like cheering for LeBron James because he's so good and he wins so much. Sam Book is so good. It's hard, it's hard to just cheer for excellence because it's like, damn, he's gonna cook my fave on the mic and get cheered for it, even if he's being an asshole. Yes, yes, he will, because he's CM Bunk. So I get it. I listen, Chris, to you and to all the crybabies in the chat who are throwing tomatoes at me. I understand. You have your favorite wrestlers who have these these four star matches that you love very dearly, right? And you you resent the fact that CM Punk can walk in there, whip his phallus out on live television, and get cheered for it. You resent the fact that CM Punk does not have to do the moves that your favorite has to do to get over. You resent the fact that CM Punk. <laughs> what the hell? You resent the fact that CM Punk. Can literally walk out there and be like, "LOL, I'm better though," and people are gonna cheer him. He's he was literally being a douchebag yesterday. He's being a total. That's the best version of punk. He's being a total dickhead. Moxie started coming out and he said, 
Oh, this is going to take a while. He started making snow angels. He's 42. A 42-year-old man <laughs> making snow angels. Who does that? Uh, <laughs> and people cheered him. I think this is, this is a fair Chris took his ball and went <laughs> well, There, there is definitely a, um, a suspicion of bad connection, and he may be back. I would like to say that he it, it isn't a connection issue. He he was overwhelmed by my It was a connection argument. issue, he was back. <laughs> <laughs> you want to storm even trying to let me get that shit up. I go ahead. Storm <laughs> going on in Houston. There was a storm. I did not take my ball and go home. I did you not take your ball and go home. You bitch you ass nigger. You did. No, you I did. didn't. No, you I threatened, didn't. No, you I threatened didn't. to walk out. <laughs> like CM Punk? No. Hey, listen. CM Punk doesn't. CM Punk has promotions bending to his every will because he's CM Punk. Your fame. You have UFC bent to his will. All right. I, I don't know about you, but no. UFC put him on the main card of a pay per view when yeah. he had no, <laughs> no, no professional matches. You know why? Because have you ever watched the Joe Rogan podcast? Joe no. Rogan once said CM Punk is a void of athleticism and a void of talent. And, and, have you, you seen that interview? You know what's funny about that, Chris? CM Who makes more money, Joe Rogan or CM Punk? Who got more money? <laughs> <laughs> Listen, Chris, have you noticed CM Punk? He's a void of athleticism, right? I won't even deny that. But guess what? He's a void of athleticism. I don't know if you could hear Pena. My, my dog is uh is, is next to me. Um, but CM Punk is a void of athleticism. It's not inside you. Listen, I don't know what that meant. <laughs> Look, oh, I, I know I got that dog in me. What are you talking about? What are you talking not about? The way you be suck, suckling on this man Punk's teat. Oh, it's because it, he, he deserves it, frankly. He he deserves it. And, and he has a wife, bro. <laughs> <laughs> listen, listen. How do you feel, Chris, that CM Punk, a, a, a broken down 42-year-old unathletic white man, right, is more over in the ring, cutting promos, having matches than all of your favorites? And he has to do half as much physically. He doesn't know how to do a 450 splash, but he gets cheered more than your favorites who do 450 splashes. Does that make you cry? I hope it does. I hope it. I hope you cry. Kenny dogs walks this nigga like you know. Mox Mox definitely dog walks punk. See, and it's see, not even a question can, with Kenny. Can you, can you, the compression shirt merchant. <laughs> the compression Kenny, shirt merchant. Kenny after fucking months of rehab is still a better athlete than fucking CM Junk. <laughs> <laughs> I'll go for a job in nation. <laughs> 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 Kenny broke Mega? I don't know, man. I don't know. What? What? Punk has not, since he's been in fucking AEW, have such compelling storytelling as Kenny did last night. Because hey, niggas think Kenny's just a moves guy. Oh, Kenny, he, outside of wrestling, what are you good at? He's a storyteller, nigga. Y'all thought he actually bossed the You Can't Escape? No, hey, nigga. Man. But CM Punk, he actually bossed those springboards, nigga. I Nah, he CM bossed Punk, that power bomb. CM Punk was, was telling a narrative in the match. I'm not standing for that. CM Punk, being a master storyteller and, and a brilliant wrestling mind, decided to sell his foot. And so once he botched the uh, buckshot the first time on pay-per-view, he decided, I'm going to play into the narrative of the match. And so, you know, the intelligent people who watch wrestling, like myself. You, you don't believe that. I, I, he doesn't. I'm going to intentionally botch the second time to make for an, a compelling spot with a delayed selling and incredible storytelling. The spot wasn't and, compelling. 
it was very compelling and cry um so again he you know he he's a genius kenny omega tyson smith is a very good athlete you know well, well he was a very good athlete and um you know look he is a better athlete now than fucking punk was in his prime when he had that blonde hair and he was wrestling in bingo halls listen hey tyson, has punk yeah. ever a man in the tokyo dome punk punk didn't need the main event at the tokyo dome he was getting Did money he been wrestlemania Punk, Punk was taking check. Punk, Punk was getting millions of dollars from Vince McMahon, a guy who didn't even like him, and he was holding who his world title because he has a bigger stadium, Punk or Omega. CM, CM Punk wrestled in MetLife, sir. So I don't, I don't know. Main event, main event, main event, main event, Cry. main event. Cry. What's the Coke. biggest arena Coke. he has main evented? Main evented? Yeah. Well, you know, by by the company's own um, marketing, WrestleMania 29 was a triple main event, sir. Nope, 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 nope. No one cares Met about like that Jericho maybe. match. No Coke. one cares about that Jericho match. That that was 28 fake fans. Give a fuck. <laughs> the point is <laughs> how about the Undertaker match? Yeah, the under the, the the final great match of the Undertaker. Um, all thanks to CM Punk. It was in MetLife Stadium. There was over 60,000 people there. Uh yeah, man. Look, man, Chris, look, look, Chris, look. Kenny Omega is great, like in all seriousness. John Moxie's great. CM Punk is just generational, bro. It's okay. It's okay. You know, it, it, it's it's okay that your favorite isn't quite as good as the goat. That's fine. You know, that's that's totally fine. I was a Carmelo. Yeah, well, Danielson's better than all of them. So it, it, it's funny because he is the other greatest of all time, and he was the guy who followed the opening. So he's the, the other greatest of all time, bro. Listen, there there are the punk. He ain't better than Omega. Brian Danielson's better. Bro, Brian Danielson. Brian Danielson's in his own fucking category, to be honest. Brian Danielson was doing yoga meditation in a wrestling match. Huh? Excuse me. I said, Kenny gave this nigga his first five star match. By who, Chris? Give me the name. Go ahead. Go ahead. Who who gave the rating? Go ahead. My Chris O'Bread, bitch ass nigga. No, my God. Oh, you want to say because because you were walking into my fucking trap. That's why. <laughs> Whatever, man. Look, man. I love everybody that we've spoken about. In, in all seriousness, um, Punk did yeah. dog walk John Moxie objectively. Um, objectively. <laughs> objectively. Objectively. He he demolished him. How is that even possible? <laughs> he objectively demolished him. No, he um, didn't. Yeah, yes, he did, bro. Yes, he did. John had nothing to say to him. CM Punk had to literally. John paused and Punk said, "Is all is all you got to say?" Because because yeah. and then John. That's what talking oh, about fighting Chris. spirit. <laughs> we're talking about fighting spirit, bro. What a dweeb! Nah, look, How man. Is he a dweeb? <laughs> what dweeb? Punk, this nerd ass nigga who is chronically online is using literal jobber nation tweets. <laughs> hey, I think the fact that he could. He could use Jobber Nation tweets in front of an AEW crowd and get cheered is a testament. He to didn't get cheered. When he did Mox get cheered. Came out, Cry. Who got cheered? Mox got cheered over him though. Mox got a few little Moxie chants, which were very cute. And then once Punk started speaking facts, he and got the cheered. Song's better. No, it's not. Yeah, it is. No, it's not. Yeah, it is. Nigga. It has like five lyrics. What are you talking about? Cry. Anyways, <laughs> anyways, Tony Khan followed my suggestion, and he opened the you show. You don't know with... you, though, bro. <laughs> 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 <laughs 
Manny, what did you think of the opening segment? I mean, you guys already said everything. I mean, there's nothing I can add. Anna, what did you think of the opening segment? I don't want to comment on it. <laughs> the host was worse scared. I, I, <laughs> yeah, I don't have nothing to talk about after everything that just happened here. She so. said... Says, anyway, you should be wearing my mom, no- my CM Punk shirt. Not this was a nice, wholesome podcast, and then you know, <laughs> start talking about that AEW company. Look in my, what do you see? Anyway, um, look, <laughs> look, they opened with exactly what I thought they should have. I-, I suggested on Twitter that they would open with a punk promo, followed by a uh, moxie verbal interaction. Followed by he thinks he's on the team. I am on the team. Um, and and you know, and then they follow with physicality, followed by uh, one of the two big matches. That's exactly what they did because Tony Khan's a smart person and he listens to smart people like back of Um, great segment, a uh, lot of heat. I love that there's a personal issue in the storyline, it's not a mutual respect angle. I think all of us can agree that that would have been so boring if they just kissed each other's ass on the mic. Like if they were just like, oh, yeah, you're so great, and I respect you as a wrestler, and you've been a great interviewer. Because Mox doesn't respect Punk. Anyways. What, what is there to respect about him? The fact that he... <laughs> I mean, he quit the business for seven years. He quit the business for seven years. Hangman called him a little bitch, and he got mad. If, so it, was, know, <laughs> if, it, wasn't, if it wasn't for CM Punk, AEW would not exist. So by that alone, you have to bow down to your oh, daddy. Wow. Yes. <laughs> Hold on. CM Punk in Ring of Honor started a movement. And and then that was split on. It, it started a movement. And then from there, he cut the pipe bomb promo. CM Punk After the pipe bomb Ring of Honor. What are we, t- yo, yo, Monty? Cut, Monty, get him out of here. Monty, get him out of here. Cut him, bro. Yeah, silence the black man. Do it. Do it, Monty. Yes, please. Get this. Do it, Sean King. Silence the black man. Oh, my God. Great opening segment. The next match was uh, Brian Danielson versus Daniel Garcia. In a two out of three falls match, it's a rematch from their match at Fight for the Fallen, which in and of itself was a rematch from a match they had a few months ago. So this is the third Daniel Garcia Brian Danielson match. Um, the build here was set up on Rampage last week, uh, a shambolic episode, I might add. But the segment that that set it up was really great. <clears throat> Brian Danielson essentially said, "Hey man, you can't say that I'm your hero and call yourself a sports entertainer, you know." And he basically said, "Listen, man, like I just want better for you, bro. You're a pro, you're a pro wrestler." And Daniel Garcia was very conflicted. And um, Jericho's on commentary. And, you know, the whole story here is, you know, he's his hero and he's trying to slay the dragon. And Brian Danielson in the narrative essentially said that, like, you know, I'm not going to voluntarily quit from pro wrestling. You got to take me out. And uh, I, I completely believe that to be the truth. Brian Danielson doesn't care about his health or his well-being or his life at all. Uh, I, I, I firmly believe that he is willing to die in a wrestling ring. Um, and more power to him. I, I thought the match was incredible. Um, they just beat the hell out of each other. And then after the second fall, Daniel Bryan was awakened because he went on his like babyface run, which is very similar to the ones he would do as a white meat babyface in WWE. Uh, the action was great. I hate picture in picture so much. Brian Danielson is such a genius that he doesn't waste time when he wrestles matches. So he doesn't do the whole, I'm going to bullshit for two minutes thing. Yeah. 
about the commercial. He's like, I'm going to just do something interesting. And so everything he does is worth seeing. And so picture in picture, cutting out genuinely um, well put together parts of the match really sucks. Uh, but tremendously paced, well worked. Garcia fought his ass off. And Brian Danison got the win. Uh, I thought it was a great match. <clears throat> Post match was almost better to me because, like, you can't script what happened. Like, the he's a wrestler chant is so perfect. You couldn't, like, tell the fans to chant it. You know, like, they just did it. And it's like, it's one of those things you hope for in a segment, but you can't tell them to chant it. But they did it and it made the moment better. Um, so the whole thing, the match, Danielson shaking his hand and Garcia being conflicted and, and saving Brian from getting attacked by Jericho. All of it was a masterful piece of business. I loved all of it. Um, it, it gets two daddy hangman thumbs up out of out of 10? I don't know. Um, <laughs> it, it was great. It, yeah, I, I don't know. Um, Anna, sorry, my brain feels a low at there. I was just talking to Chris, bro. You know, after you talk to Chris, you just start getting kind of dumb, you know, and so I'm kind of like, I'm like no. out of it. Uh, Anna, what did you think of the match? Chris, don't let him say that about you. <laughs> Why am I so Exactly. Exactly. Oh no. I digress. <laughs> I digress. Anna, no monkeys. Fucking <laughs> bro. No <laughs> Like I said, when I talk to Chris, I lose brain cells. Anna, what did you think of the match? Okay. <laughs> I can't believe I just had this first. I said, then Chris unmuted and went, <laughs> 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 okay. yeah. What did you think, Anna? I'm sorry. Um, I don't know what to say about this match without seeming like I'm dick riding because I'm definitely, uh, I'm definitely, I'm like, I'm dick riding so much because this match was amazing. And mm -hmm. Ryan Dennison, uh, yeah, for me personally, I don't want to hear the whole CM Punk thing. For me personally, Ryan Dennison is the greatest American wrestler of all time. So that's that. I will not argue with that. And, yeah, because you know I'm right. So. <laughs> There's no argument to <laughs> yeah, and the whole thing was so great. I mean, I think it was one of the best AWTV matches ever. Absolutely, it was definitely yeah. It was definitely one of my favorites, and I felt like their second match, the one was like a couple of weeks back, that was like the star making match, and this one felt more like a star cementing match. I don't yeah. know if that makes sense. It was just, yeah, it was just phenomenal stuff. Like Daniel Garcia is him. He's just him. And he walking out in his old thing song, the Red Dead thing. It was just, it was so great to watch. And I hope now that he does the whole Natsupoi thing, you know, just switch factions, go to the Blackpool Combat Club, leave Dark Appreciation Society. I know the last time I, I talked about how he was doing great in Dark Appreciation Society, how it was good for him to go there. But yeah. like, like, enough is enough, you know. <laughs> he already did everything he had to do. Just go to the Blackpool Combat Club. Yeah, it was really yeah, it was phenomenal. It was just amazing stuff. I was losing my mind. <laughs> He's so great, and Brian is of course like there is nothing to say about him. So yeah, Garcia definitely has a lot of future, and he still is the bad bitches wrestler. So it was a great. There you match. go. You know, and so yeah, <laughs> Garcia is a bad bitches wrestler. Uh, Backup Hangman yeah. is the uh, is the real niggas uh, podcaster, and so. Uh, yeah, nah, I, I totally agree with you, Anna. Great, great analysis as always. It's why we pay you the big bucks, like I said. 
Um, Manny, what did you make of the match, man? What did you, what did you think of? What did you think of the, <clears throat> the match was special. I thought the yes. I thought the first sequence into the first uh, pin was awesome. It, 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 uh, Danielson was doing up kicks, and what you thought he knocked out Garcia, and then Garcia ended up doing some crazy looking choke in, into a uh, power driver, which was no oh, power driver into the crazy submission, which was freaking awesome. And then I, when the match was over, I was just like, man, I don't think I've ever seen. Or I mean, I haven't watched a lot of the U.S. wrestling, but a lot of like, I don't think there's any been any U.S. promotion besides like <coughs> Ring of Honor. I think have put the same output of high quality matches like AEW. Yeah, no, it's unreal. I, I explained it a, a few months ago where, where I said that it, it's 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 like um, it, it it's like steroids because what's happening is there's always been great workers in the United States. <laughs> All right, man. Worry about worry about fixing your connection. My bad. I just hey, like what, what, I heard what, you were talking. You, what, yeah. All right. You were visualizing. I, you, y'all hear that thunder? I'm flying through a fucking hurricane, nigga. Just for this pod, because I love Russell Pierce. There you go. Love of the game. Now, Manny, Manny, the way I see it, there's always been great workers in the United States. Um, but like because of different focuses and priorities in the business, the priority of the business wasn't always like great matches top to bottom on your show. And so you're going to have guys who are there because they draw, but they're not potentially great workers. And and now with AEW, it's it's the culmination of just you know the indie boom of the 2000s and 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 and, and hardcore fans and what they want out of wrestling. And Tony basically just signing every great wrestler he can. And so it's like if you continually sign guys who can have four star plus matches over and over and over and over again. Your roster is going to be full of people who can only do these things. And so when you put them against each other, you're going to just have more incredible matches than you've like maybe ever seen in an American promotion. And so that's what we have with AEW. It's 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 like a it's a, a luxury of riches. And yeah, and I, was, Brian, I was go ahead. I was thinking like if you just get AEW's top 25 matches just on dynamite and stack them up against like Raw's top 25 or SmackDown's top 25 or ECW. <laughs> WCW, I don't think they would stack up at all. Like you can't compare it, the two. I, I the way I the way I would see it is is um I, I think the greatest Raw slash SmackDown matches of all time are tremendous because there's been a couple, but the, the putting the, Z's in the chat as we talk. But, but the quantity of them is is much less. You know what I'm saying, Manny? Like if mm-hmm. I would if you were to ask me how many four and a half star matches have happened in the history of WWE TV TV, right? I'd probably say off the top of my head, maybe like. Maybe I only thought of I only it's, thought of John Cena, John Cena Punk, and then Shawn Michaels, uh, John there, Cena. There's more. The SmackDown Six have have a handful of them. Um, um, that 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 power trip versus Benoit Jericho, the, 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 the TLC uh, three, they have them right. But mm-hmm. if I were to count them in total, it's probably around fifteen to twenty, right? Dynamite mm-hmm. at this point, it has to be like forty plus. You know, um, it, the output is crazy. And, and, and so as Bucks the, matches. They're, it's really Danielson, but anyway. Um, it's not. It's not. Brian Danielson has the majority of the top 10 AEW matches. Well, the elite has cry. at least 20, so cry. Cody Rhodes versus Dustin Rhodes is better than any young Buck match in AEW history. So, man, that's just uh, not. You are a liar. You are a, you are a liar. <laughs> that, that's insane. That's, you are a liar. Anna, Anna said, that's huh? nice. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, listen. When Cody said, "I don't need a tag partner, I don't need a friend," that shit was corny. Brother, it was. Oh my god, it was beautiful. Oh, it was like a Hallmark fucking movie, bro. No one wants to see that shit. Do a super kick, bitch ass nigga. (laughs) (laughs) Anyways, um, 
Manny, what did you? I mean, not Manny. Uh, Monty, what did you think of the two out of three falls? Um, tremendous. Obviously, Brian Danielson, arguably the greatest wrestler of all time. Um, mm-hmm. Daniel Garcia is in fact him. He, he's yeah, twenty. He he's twenty three. Mm-hmm. And he's going out there and wrestling two out of three falls matches with Brian Danielson at a um, phenomenal, really standard. high level. Yeah. yeah, and it's just I don't know, man. Like Daniel Garcia, like he's just so like he has like this kind of almost sadistic vibe to him now. Um, he's yes. always kind of had like that kind of um, viciousness to him anyway, but now he's really found him. It's more kind of like in his character, the way um, the way he carries himself, his facial expressions, little things like that. Um, I thought the pacing of the match was tremendous, so good to the point where when it finished, I could have easily watched them wrestle another hour. Um, <laughs> I just didn't want it to end, to be honest. And um, they have... I think it's fair. I know it's Brian Danielson, but I think he does genuinely have a pretty special chemistry with Garcia. Um, he has a special chemistry with everybody because he's incredible. Yeah, I know, I know, I know. Yeah. Like I say, it's Danielson, but I, I do think that there is something to this, um, this Garcia, that, the Garcia Danielson dynamic. Sure, um, sure. I think obviously the matches, of course, how much they must mean to Garcia as well. Um, you really feel that gravity in the matches. Yeah, yeah. You, you know Daniel's wrestling this with, with, with the awareness that, like, this is career-defining and career-changing. Yes, know? definitely. Um, I think he is so far ahead of the people that he gets compared to, and that's not to put down, you know, uh, the wheelie uters of the world, the... Yeah. You know, insert any young wrestler, you know, anyone in the mid-20s, etc. whether that's a pillar, a killer, whatever you want to call them. Um, I think Daniel oh, Garcia yeah. is probably better than all of them. Um, MJF is obviously a completely different thing. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. You know, you don't even, like, he's not even like he's not even like a young upcoming talent anymore. Like, he's a straight-up no. top guy. So, no, he's, um, he's a top guy. MJF has gone no, no, no! You're not, you're not doing this, Manny. You're not doing this. MJF is the greatest young talent in the history, in not the history, in the business right now. And, and, well, and he's he, not, he gets. He's not. Yes, he, I was going yes, to put over MJF. Go, go ahead, Manny. I was just going to say the only thing I would just say that MJF is higher than Garcia, but the only thing he has over him is just the the promos. I think I think Garcia is better than him in ring, but just mm-hmm. what separates he's just MJF kind of- from everybody else. I just don't think I don't know, bro. I see everyone say everything MJF touches turns to gold, but it's true. I think it's like Brian Pillman versus MJF at Grand Slam. Okay, oh, listen. You always go back to this. Yeah, you always go back to that. You always go back to that one thing, bro. Like, okay, bro. Answer the question. Answer the right, question, bro. bro, bro. Is that something worth seeing? I'm gonna ask you a question, then, Chris. <clears throat> Do you remember what Kenny Omega did? Do you remember what Kenny Omega did at at, at Blood and Guts uh, in 2021? His match, he had a <clears throat> match with Nakazawa and uh, Eddie Kingston and Mox. You, you thought that bang little bro? As a comedy match, I loved it. Kenny didn't even wrestle that match. What are you talking about? He never tagged in. I love it. What, bro, Chris? I, I want everyone to see you guys that. again. So just the to more, let you know, but it always happens when you're about more, to run. <laughs> yeah, the more egregious Chris gets, the more he goes into Transformers mode. You know, and it's because his Wi-Fi is telling him 
you 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 got to relax. There's too much dip on your chip. Um, listen, man, MJF is is sensational. He is when he speaks, you listen, you sit down, you take it in, you tweet about it, you talk about it, you discuss and debate him for an entire week because he's that generation. He's <laughs> exactly, yeah. I, I thought so. Um, no, nah, MJF is sensational. But but him, him, him with the MJF rope. I don't know. Him notwithstanding, man. <laughs> he's in everyone's DMs. But um, listen, I capitals. What do you say? Is, 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 he, is he just crying? Like, I ain't even reading it because. <laughs> listen, um, the, the bottom the bottom line is this, man. Um, uh, sorry, the bottom line is this. Because I, I don't want to divert the topic. I'm putting over Daniel Garcia because he had a he had the, the match of his life last night. You know, yes. MJF is sensational, but but the topic is Daniel. Daniel Garcia, he showed out. He's risen to the occasion because look, you could throw any young wrestler against Danielson, and it'll be at worst really good if you make it if you structure it to be an epic match. You know what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. if you told Danielson, yeah. Dan, um, Brian Danielson, 30 plus minutes, you versus young wrestler, make it epic. No matter who it is, even if they're not quite him, so to speak, it's going to be really good, right? But, you know, Garcia 100% um, brought it. You know what I'm saying? It wasn't a, a, an Osprey Michael Oku situation. Like, Garcia himself contributed to the match, and, and he is someone to look out for, and he's somebody who's actively improving. And I'm so happy to see his progress. Um, I can't wait to see where the story goes next. Um, Jericho and... Danielson are probably going to have a custody of, of Daniel Garcia match. Um, you know what I found really funny? Later on in the show, I'm going to jump ahead. Later on in the show, Jericho, um, he, he cut a promo, right? And he was like, he was like, he was like, I'm going to give you the, I'm going to give you a chance, Daniel. Next week, inter- like a, a, a Jericho Appreciation Society meeting. Are you in or out? And I was like, that is the most sports entertainment shit of all time. Because yeah, like, so Jericho. It, it's so, because here's my thing. If you want to know if he's in or out, just like call him. Like that night or like the next day? Why are you like scheduling like a, an on-screen meeting with this guy on television for like a segment? It's so like WWE, like you know. Um, but it, it's 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 intentional. It's it's what Jericho does, man. Like it's why we had the inner circle meeting, the inner circle town hall, and now Jericho always has to have like a named segment, you know. Um, yeah, great piece of business. What was the next thing on the show, Mike Monty? The next thing after Danielson. Um, yeah. I think it was. I think it was the it was the Jericho promo, wasn't it? I believe. And um, then we went to the whole Varsity Blondes deal. Uh, <laughs> I know. I know that's what kicked off the second hour. <laughs> I gotta no, say uh, something about this. Okay. <laughs> Why do you pin Griff Garrison and not Brian Pillman? This is disgusting. I have. I have. A, I have a counterpoint. Does it matter? It does matter. Yes. You guys have one's, one's ass. Anna, Anna doesn't matter. I don't care about any of them. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Anna, you know what's insane? So when this match started, I tweeted. Tell me didn't even have his wrist wrapped. Who cares? <laughs> and, listen, when this match started, I tweeted, I don't want to watch the varsity blondes and ass boys wrestle. And then right afterwards it ended, and I was like, "Oh, let's go!" Oh my god! Nah, nigga, nah, nigga, it does matter, pussy. It does matter. It does. 
god. Brian Pillman is the future, nigga. What are you talking about? Oh <laughs> my god. What the fuck are you talking about, nigga? Oh my god. So this is Rob. What, what? I thought you niggas went. Well, I heard this nigga talking. First of all, first of all, oh let's address God. a few things that I didn't address. You know, I There's wasn't gonna be here. I was busy. I was doing shit. Nigga, Punk did not make Mox look like a scrub. And nigga, that nigga oh Mox told that nigga Punk he was fucking broke, and it was the facts, pussy. And nigga was. And before, hold on, before it's Punk, true. before Punk got that call from Tony Khan, and nigga was sitting there doing bootleg Bellator, not even bootleg UFC, nigga. So stop fucking playing with niggas on this fucking podcast. First of all, pussy. Second Cry. of all, nigga, you gonna sit here and say, oh, that Cody versus Dustin Rose match was better than any elite match ever. Nigga. Yes. You are a liar. Cope. <laughs> you are a liar. See, you were sitting here, you were sitting there crying last night talking about, oh, <clears throat> on Twitter talking about, oh, this, um, does how many have how many one point millions have they had in Punk's absence? Nigga, they did a fucking million the night after blooding the, the night of blood and guts, pussy. Stop yeah, lying. Yeah. You yeah, are a fraud. Because 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 of the promise of the blood merchant bleeding, and people decided, okay, we'll, we'll tune in to see the blood man, merchant. Bleed. Shut the fuck up with blood merchant. Because if Dax Harwood was out here ble bleeding every week, you would make ten thousand excuses on the timeline. That, Dax Harwood doesn't about? bleed every week because he is a, a pro wrestler. How old is the, the only person on camera? Well, Anna, <laughs> Manny, <laughs> get your ass back. It's time, nigga. They 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 they've converted the hangman. Niggas leave for three weeks, and now all of a sudden, niggas think it's niggas think it's sweet on here. Listen, niggas think it's sweet. Niggas think it's time Listen. to start lying. I, I I've never told a lie in my life, so I don't know what you're talking about. Oh yeah, you just you just you just cut you just make mild grins and you move on about your day. That's what you. Do. I I, I do have a mild grin right now. Um, I do have a mild grin. Um, okay. even even though you're you're out of your mind, I I do thank you for joining, Rob. Um. Listen, man, I get it, man. People run from the grind and then they, they see Hangman getting spicy and you, you, you can't help but join. I get it. Um, look, man, uh, where were we again? What are we talking about? Oh, the varsity bonds. Look, man, I look, I didn't want to watch this match. So when it ended immediately, I was like, let's, I pumped my fist, right? I was, I was like, that's what I'm talking about, Tony. You know, because I feel like so, so often in AEW, they give equal weight and time to things that don't matter. Like they'll like give like, a match that like it's like who gives a shit they'll give it like 10 minutes and that's the same amount of time brian danielson had on the show and to me that's just kind of like <clears> insane <throat> like i feel like it should be weighted towards like how much you matter you know what i'm saying and i don't think anybody was trying to watch some wrestling um after the match is what really matters which is that the ass boys turn on billy gunn they just beat up billy gunn and then the acclaim make the save and then uh anthony bowens tells billy gunn Scissor me, daddy ass. And so Billy Gunn scissored um, Anthony Bowens. Greatest segment in TV history, nigga. But don't get dropped, little nigga. The crowd, me, daddy. The crowd went crazy. Yes, yeah. scissor me, daddy. Um, yo, and, 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 yo, boss. Yo, Anyway, I didn't say it. Anthony Bowens said it. Can I just bring back up the Dax Harwood uh, thing right quick? No. Of course you can. <laughs> of course, oh, no, bro, of we've course been doing, bro, we've been doing, we've been doing the agendas course, and arguing with Hollywood. Let's get through at least half the show. Monty, like, I promise, it is very, it is very worth talking about. Well, in all seriousness, while you're doing that, I'm gonna go get my charger. I'll be right back. Oh God! See, you target, you target, not even here. I don't care. Dax Harwood <laughs> and Jay Lethal have a match next week. 
Dax Harwood is the worst person in that match. As a human being, he is the worst person in that match. Oh, whoa, 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 whoa. Thank you for letting me make my answers. Whoa, 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 whoa. You're not allowed to talk about Dax on these podcasts anymore. What happened? Chris is just on here. Chris is on here alone. Chris is just on here alone. What did what did Chris say? What did Chris say? I was uh I was doing something. I love Wrestlepurious. Yeah. Oh God, we love Wrestlepurious. Thank you, Monty. Thank you. Um, should we talk? I don't even know where to go from here because uh, Hollywood yeah, left in happened. the mid- Hollywood Hollywood left in the middle of reviewing a segment, and um, no, so Chris <laughs> <laughs> left after my. making that, that terrible statement. But Hollywood's <laughs> out of here. Um, he will be back. Okay, so the uh, around this moment in the show as well was when um there was apparently going to be a Tony Nese match. Uh, which didn't oh, get so to happen because Mark so just. <laughs> so we so, so, so uh, gonna act like niggas wanted to see Tony Nese now? No, I was just kind of down the. I was looking at, I kept looking at my phone saying, "Man, we're running out of time for this six man," and then yeah. I saw Tony Nese come out. I said, "Fuck!" Even more time is going to waste. Thank God that it got taken out real quick. And, and, and niggas, and you know what Mark said. Mox came out and said, nigga, fuck all that talking. Where your hands at, nigga? Nigga, you, you want to know? See, see, niggas don't know about punk like I know about punk. See, my oh, good what? personal How are we friend, talking about punk and My Moxley? good personal friend, John Moxley, I talk to him every day. My good personal friend, John Moxley, told me, you know, he said that punk, punk basically just went into business for himself. And nobody knew what he was going to say. And, that you know, he had to show him what was up. So that's why he kissed that nigga earlier tonight. You know what I'm saying? You sometimes you gotta establish dominance. Sometimes you have to you have to show niggas whose 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 yard it is. You know, and it's so crazy because now you see him you see him uh like basically just interrupt Tony Nese, basically say fuck saved everybody from watching a Tony Nese match on a great episode of Dynamite, nigga. Nobody wanted to see that. And if you lie in the fucking comments, you're a liar. Then uh Man, wait, Manny, you want to see Tony Nese? What? I didn't say I want to see Tony Nese. Oh, no, Me that's, that's crazy. I did. That's crazy. You know, I don't even, you know, oh, here, here you go. Here you go. Let, I'm going to let him talk since, you know, his, his, uh, his, 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 you know, his favorite wrestler came out during this segment. I'm going to let him go. Um, hey, man, are you there? Can you guys hear me? Yes, we are on the Tony Nese segment. Yeah, uh, so this was very 1998 Royal Rumble season Stone Cold, where he just, you know, where yeah. Austin, Austin basically crashes the segments of anybody who is an anti-draw. Yeah. And, and, and the way I see it, John Moxley interrupted something that I didn't want to see. So yeah. I, you know, I, I popped for that because it was like, I don't, I don't want to see Tony Nese at this point. Not that, not that he's a bad wrestler. He's actually a, a very solid wrestler. Um, but but to me, my mindset right now is AEW needs to build to all out, and they need to sell their pay per view, and they need to hammer home the main angle. So um, I was very happy that John Moxley jumped Tony Nese and hijacked the show. Um, I think AEW should experiment more with show long storylines. 
Oh, um, God. Because, you know, the rigid structure of just this is when this is scheduled and that's when this is scheduled and we just go through it, it's kind of boring sometimes. You know, like I think I think we need to do more story threads throughout the show that evolve and develop. And and um, this was a start by by kind of giving Punk and Moxley two segments on the show. Um, yeah. So I, I like this. Um, it, it added to just the the chaotic, unhinged vibe of the program mm-hmm. and the animosity, and it really sold it. Um, yeah. So this was a big thumbs up for me. And um, oh, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna just get to it right now, Monty. Introduce introduce this talking point. To me, I, I was totally on board with this, and I was like, yeah, man, you really have to sell and hammer home all out. And we find out later at around 9.30, we find out that this match is not happening at All Out. We find out that this match is happening next week on Dynamite. And so my mind starts racing. My mind starts racing. I'm thinking about all the possibilities. I'm like, why is this happening next week? Is this a bullshit alert? Is it going to be an angle? Is it going to be a no contest? Is it going to be a DQ leading to a rematch? Is Punk going to put over Mox first and then get his win back at the pay-per-view? Is MJF returning and we're getting MJF versus Punk? Is Hangman going to interfere and it's going to be a three-way? And I got to be honest with you, every single possible option that I, I just listed, I don't prefer over what would have just been Mox and Omega, sorry, Mox and Punk having a normal build in these remaining weeks to All Out. I personally, this is just me, I'm not being, I'm not saying the sky is falling. I am not saying this is going to kill AEW. I am not overreacting. I'm just saying for me, I would rather they just continue to build the animosity and the tension leading to the titles being unified at the pay-per-view. Right. Are politics at play? Perhaps. I don't know the real reason why they're doing this next week. Um, But I just am not a big fan of it. I, I'd rather just heat this thing up even more than it has been heated up. And then we see them blow it off at the pay-per-view. Um, is there a chance that they want to do a two match series so that they each get a win, you know, to keep the guys happy. That would be a very political reason to do this. And again, could I see politics being at play here? Perhaps maybe punk wants to show, Hey, I'm a team player. I'll, I'll put Moxie over and job to him and then get it back. Um, but to me, even that is just kind of, uh, I'm not, I'm not crazy about that. I, I, I would just rather we find out who's the best at all out. Um, but that's what they chose to do. They're doing it next week. Um, what do you what do you think about this strategy, Monty? What do you what do you think about this decision? Um, I don't I don't really want to slander it until we, we see what happens with it. You know, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, just yeah, kind yeah. of I think Tony Khan in his um, short time as a booker has at least earned more patience for one week. You know, <laughs> yeah. So I don't I don't mind waiting a week to see where this goes, but there is definite red flags. I just don't see why you would burn through it in a week, um, two weeks, whatever you want to call it. It's uh, questionable, but I guess we'll wait and see what happens. I don't really have too much to say about it, other than there's a few alarm bells going off regarding it. Um, yeah, we'll see. We'll see what they do with it. Whoa. Go ahead, Ryan. Uh, well, I it was actually quite coincidental because I think it was like, and I didn't see Hangman Street about it, but we were on Discord the other day. And we were watching like a, I don't remember we were watching, but I mentioned to them and I told them I was like one of my favorite uh, Dynamite episodes ever was when they basically did what they did last night, 
in the fact that they started off with something and they continued with it throughout the show and it didn't really end until like you know it was like one last segment before the show ended about the title match next week i mean i pretty much i it's not even that i know anything it's just i pretty much already know what's going to happen like from happenstance it's just it's either they're going to do something where because we already know the hangman is probably going to be in the uh the trios match with the dark order we probably already know that so uh like it's going to be punk beats mox one or, or one beats the other which is most likely going to be punk and then it's going to be mjf coming in because shout out, and shout out to chris for this chris actually mentioned this to me today and when we were talking about it he was like you know it kind of makes sense for uh, MJF to challenge Punk if he wins at the pay-per-view because now since we're starting to see Punk start to be a dickhead you're kind of seeing what MJF was alluding to earlier this year when everybody was saying like you may have and and and, and not only just MJF but Eddie Kingston also said it Hangman also said it but mostly MJF it's like everybody you you walk around here you act all nice you act all cool but everybody around here knows the real uh, doesn't know the real you like I do and so now I'm getting from what my understanding and what my guess is, this dickhead CM Punk that we're starting to see is the real CM Punk that he was talking about. And so MJF might come back and be like, "Oh, I need to save you from the company," whatever the case may be. So I think I think it's a very compelling point you bring up, Rob. I, I thought about this on the back of my mind: the fact that when MJF comes back, he's going to have a few um, bones of contention that have legitimacy uh, to back it regarding Punk. And, and who he's been calling him to be. Um, I, I thought it was fascinating that in MJF's promo a few months ago, um, if you notice, he was starting to get cheered. And, and it's really weird because MJF is a heel. Um, but it would be just really ironic and maybe potentially even interesting if MJF comes back almost a folk hero, just just, just by virtue of being um, the guy that nobody was listening to, but was but the man who ended up being right and, and a prophet uh, regarding punk. So... Um, yeah, I, I I could see that. I could see Punk and MJF with with a new set of dynamics and for the world title, and um, yeah, you know that'd be super interesting to me. If that's the direction, I'd rather they just do that at Arthur Ashe. Like I'd rather they just set you know do the mocks match at the pay per view and then do that at Arthur Ashe. But um, you know, again, uh, Tony, like like Monty said, Tony has earned the benefit of the doubt, and so I'm before getting before I get too reactionary, I'm gonna just wait to see what happens. On paper, I don't love this decision, hmm. and I face that. Um, but but we have to see how it turns out, and so I'm gonna do that, you know. Yeah. So it's just yeah, Anna. Anna, what did you think of the whole bringing the Punk versus Moxley match forward from All Out? It was definitely. I think it's a weird decision. Like, if it isn't to set up MJF coming back, I, I don't see the reason why. Like, if they're still doing Mox versus Punk at the pay-per-view, I sort of don't understand why they would do the Dynamite first. So, yeah, like like you guys are saying, Tony earned the benefit of the doubt. So, I guess we'll see. And also, I was thinking about this because they had all these big returns just on Dynamite, like CM Punk returning on Dynamite, Kenny Omega returning on Dynamite. And I feel like they sort of want or they sort of need to do a big return for All Out 2. So I was thinking that maybe what was going to go down was CM Punk versus Moxley in the main event. And CM Punk wins and then MJF comes out. But hmm. now I don't know 
now I don't know what they'll do. I'm, it's I'm definitely just, weird. I'm confused. It? Yeah. 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 It's, it's definitely it's weird. weird. There's something. <laughs> And in Sean's report about all the CM Punk stuff, he said that um, apparently that came that came to fruition quite late. Um, yeah. Them announcing the match for next week, that he just didn't know how late it was. Like it could have been just before the show. It could have been a few days before the show. But either way, it was quite late. How um how late they decided to do that. So it's definitely interesting. I'm more just intrigued to see what they'll kind of do with it. But um. We've been here for nearly two hours now, and it's finally time to. I think it's fair to just jump straight to the main event. Um, Tony Storm versus Killian King. That was, um, you know, that was fine. But let's get to the the real reason why everyone's here. Don Callis is back in AEW, and um, it was a triumphant return. The Elite is back, and um, yeah, man. Yeah, yeah, you know. Yeah, no. Obviously, Kenny Omega. Actually, let me let me set the stage here, and then I'll pass it over to my my fellow Elite Lore fan, uh, Anna. You know, yes, <laughs> we we are the, we are the fans of Elite Lore. Anna needs a stage on this one. Yeah, I you know as we we are the co Elite fans here. Who this is a liar. Um, I'm I'm on record putting over just the brilliance of these segments. Many is wearing a lucha mask. You are on uh, record in a space saying, I don't care about this elite I, melodrama. This is, this is what are you talking about? I don't know. I don't know what he's talking about. He was saying he, he didn't care about it two weeks ago. I don't know I don't what. Know. What? I don't know, I don't know what. I don't know what Rob is talking about. My name is Hollywood Hangman and This and was I, last I love, week. I love I love the elite. I love Latin women. I love pro wrestling. I love the young bucks. Um, but anyway, look, here's the deal with um here's the deal with Kenny Omega. He came back, right? And first things first, especially since Chris is gone, I could say this. Uh, I was really happy to see him back. It, it was it was it was just really nice. Um he came out in, in, in the swim in, in like the swimmer like compression shirt. And so I was like, Yeah, this guy's literally like taped together, clearly. Um it's really fascinating, man. I think, you know, Kenny Omega, not to sound pretentious, like he's the type of wrestler that he's an artist. He's genuinely an artist. Um, and, and and so with an artist like him, you know, it's always fascinating to see what type of choices he makes um, with his craft, right? Because you knew upon return he was going to wrestle a certain way. What's what's going on, Monty? You're seeing some comments. What's, what's happening? <laughs> Manny. Manny with the mask. <laughs> I'll, 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 yeah, that, that's insane. I'll, I'll get to the man, man with the mask in a second. Um, but, but yeah, no, that that gave me an idea for something I'm funny with me one day. But nah, so here's the deal. So I'm, I was just really fascinated. What what's gonna be Kenny Omega's approach? Because I knew for a fact, I'm like he's not gonna come back and wrestle exactly like you know Kenny Omega. And, and, and there's also a decent chance that he might not fully, 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 fully be physically capable of wrestling exactly like he used to and so instead of just trying to be an approximation of the kenny omega you remember he was likely going to take a different approach um and make a story out of it and that's exactly what he did kenny omega decided to um play the whole i'm not 100 percent. i'm rusty i don't know if i still got it but i'm going to give it a go to help the uh the young bucks and it was very interesting it, it, it to me monty it reminded me of Shawn Michaels in the second run because um, Shawn in the second run, look at Manny, Shawn in the second run, um, you know, he was not the, he was not quite as explosive and fast as he used to be, and nor was he as flashy, um, 
and but what he did was he took his very real fragility, his his, his physical ailments, his back problems, right, and he made it the prevailing narrative of many of his matches, and he used storytelling and selling and drama to to make his matches great. Um, and 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 you know, there's you can make matches great wrestling like that. It's just a very different approach, and so it's it's very fascinating to see Kenny Omega essentially be old man Kenny. Um, he said, Monty, in the Fightful interview with Sean Rossap, when he was talking about um, his philosophy for the business and where he's, his head is at with some of this stuff, he kind of implied, if you really go back and listen, that he was going to take this approach, which is basically like, you know, once I'm 100%, like there's no, you know, I'm going to take a different approach to wrestling no matter what because of like what I've, what I've been through physically. And um, because, he's so, because he's so brilliant, I know for a fact that he can tone it down, so to speak, and still be um, excellent. You know, mm-hmm. and so what I expect to see out of him going forward is him, um, you know, playing up the hernia and the shoulders and, you know, trying to basically fight through it and power through it and still be able to win matches in spite of his problems with his body. Um, his first match back, it was good to see him back. He looked good. Um, most of the, I guess, roughness was clearly uh, intentional and by design, um, but he looked good after the Young Bucks are sensational. Uh, Dragon Lee is something else, man. He is so good. He should have been signed yesterday. Um, it was cool to see him wrestle with uh, with the other two, with Andrade right. and with Roosh. Um, I thought the match was very good. And uh, yeah, I, I just thought it was a really good match. What, what did you think? What did you think of the Elite, Anna? How did you think they look? What did you think of Kenny Omega? Oh my god, I was yesterday. I was I spent the entire day so anxious. Like yeah. <laughs> to see Ken, Kenny's return, I was so ready for it, and I think it was so well executed because they knew that everyone knew that Kenny was coming back, that it was gonna be Kenny. So they didn't even try to make some like uh, as having like that doubting feeling or whatever. They just gave the the little paper slip to Justin Roberts, and he started like saying the all the championships that Kenny had won and it was so funny to me because when he started naming the six-man championship that he won the KOD then ever all of that you can see the crowd was kind of confused because they didn't know that Kenny had won those championships yeah, so yeah, they, yeah. They, did, they didn't know if it was Kenny actually but then he started saying like the uh, yeah, AEW world champion his first wrestling match in 277 days it was so incredible, and when Kenny showed up, I was I was so overwhelmed. It was amazing. He him like getting into the ring, hugging the young bucks, the whole match. When he missed the you can't escape, the the way he fell on the floor, we knew like it was just a spot. <laughs> yeah, because he yeah. felt like so so it was so comical. Like, yeah, it was like whoa, and he, he looked at the book yeah. like. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I will say, Anna, the crowd did get quiet. Like, oh shit, is he is he actually washed? Like, what's going on? They were in the <laughs> middle of it. You've still got it, Chan. And then he did that. <laughs> it was, that was, it was so, so Yeah, that's it was so used... funny. The time. You know no, something was, about it... you still got a chance? It's always chanted at like the most pedestrian regular stuff in wrestling matches. I remember in Ric Flair's match. He really, really slowly, <laughs> slowly was throwing some chops, and like they looked, they looked anemic. 
and the crowd was like, "You still got it." I'm like, "Why are you lying? Like, why? No, he, no, he, no, he doesn't." And Kenny was just being very normal, and they were like, "They're chanting, you still got it." And I was like, "Okay." Yeah, his, his first, his first move back was like a double axe handle or something. <laughs> like, so, yeah, it was yeah. great. Like, go ahead, so Anna, Kenny, go ahead, Kenny, no, Kenny Omega, he's just a genius. I don't yeah. don't think there's nothing else to say about him. He's a genius in everything he does. Like, I think he's just phenomenal, one of the best of all time. And when he th- that suicide dive, the Dragon Lee suicide dive, yeah, was yeah. insane, just fucking insane. And when Kenny took that bump, I just I knew he was fine, you know. Like after yeah. that, I was I was I was good. Mm-hmm. But when he hit the V trigger, the one you get angel, and even when he hit the one you get angel, it wasn't perfect. You could see like he was yeah. sort of feeling his shoulder. Dragon Lee was sort of like he was all messy on his shoulder. It wasn't like the the cleanest one you can ever. But it was so great to see. And also, like, we need to give the Young Bucks their, their flowers because what they did in that match, Nick Jackson was just going off on that match. He was so great. Like, mm-hmm. Nick Jackson needs more, more respect because that man is unbelievable. And, of course, Rush and Reggie, Dragon Lee, like, they just carried to perfection. It was amazing. I'm so happy to see Kenny back. The whole thing afterwards, I, I guess we're talking about, like, the, the weird turn. That that was a whole <clears throat> different thing. The weird yeah. turn on the end of, on the Dragon League. Yeah, that was weird. But the whole match, I think they did it to perfection. And Kenny, when he, he tweeted afterwards, talking about how he is still trying to get better and he'll keep trying to get better. And I feel like that will be sort of their storyline in this mm-hmm. tournament because they mm-hmm. like to do storylines for everything, which is amazing. Yeah. So yeah. It was just, yeah, it was just great. When he did a V trigger, he was sort of like holding his ribs. Every little detail in the match, yeah. <laughs> he yeah. thought about everything. It was great. And his if you guys haven't seen like his post match. Oh post-match yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna get into promo. It. I'm gonna get into that. Yeah, yeah. No, um, it was awesome. Yeah. I to, uh, to me, listen, anyway. man, I they they you look like you said, he, he's a genius. Um what I like about Kenny is like you know, it, it's easy to make fun of elite fans for like hyper fixating on every little thing that him and like the Bucks do. But to, to be fair to these guys as performers, they give you a lot to dissect. You know what I mean? There's a lot there to kind of break down. It's not just like going through moves and that's it. Like, no, there's a lot there when it comes to just the facial interactions, little things and gestures. There's just so much little stuff. And if you're really into that and you're into just the minutia of the details that they put in their matches and how it, con- it contributes to the overarching stories, um, it's, it is well done. And, and Monty, you, you have to even admit this yourself. You know, even though you're not big on their segments and they're like, you know, their bits where they have to act in the I ring. I watch BTE now, bro. Look at you. Yeah, you, you, you see the development. I'm, the I'm development. trying. I'm trying. You're trying, you're trying, to, you're trying to understand, man. Yeah, no, I, 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 like everybody else. I, I think that they just um, they're really good at telling their stories. You know, and 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 it's always interesting, especially when 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 Kenny's around. It's always interesting because because Kenny, I can't tell you a single time. That anything he's done in AW has been straight up boring and like there's nothing to talk about. Like, there's always something going on uh, in some way. Right, um, right, right. Manny, what did you think of the match? Uh, it was a disappointment to every fan of LFI. <laughs> I released my unofficial, unofficial official statement this morning. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll be back. <laughs> we'll be back stronger. We have to get rid of weak links. Um, I talked to the West. Virginia Commission. Uh, we're gonna get that win uh, looked at. 
Because, uh, you know, obviously Kenny Omega wasn't fit to be out there, and they let him out there. So we're going to come to the question. And, um, yeah, that's pretty much it. Rob, what do you think of the match? <laughs> you know, um, you know, it's so crazy because yesterday, you know, I didn't. I, I was just a regular day, and everybody was setting on setting up on Twitter. And, you know, it really is. It's so crazy how Jesus really returned in the main event of Dynamite last night. Like, what what you think? See, I had to sit here and listen to Happy really? for half a half. Okay, I had to sit here and listen to half a year for this nigga Hangman to Dick Ride Hardwood and. To Dick Ride, CM Punk, and all these other niggas when the real, real, no real, real, real best wrestler in the world returned last night. Nigga, what are we talking about here? Nigga, listen, you can sit here and say whatever you want. Oh, he's taped up, this, that, and the third. Listen, listen, listen. Him taped up on his best day better than everybody on that fucking roster, nigga. You know that's a fact. Kenny Omega? Second, yes. Yes, I, you know what? One hundred percent. One hundred percent. And, and I, not, not even, not even. Hold on, hold on. Not even just that. I and mean, when also you're talking about the congratulations to the Bucks, they're a very good tag. I mean, when you're the greatest tag team of all time, you can you can help carry a match mm-hmm. like that. You know what I'm saying? It, it's so funny and it's so crazy because you know last night we re- we really we really when he hit that um y'all were talking about when they were chanting you still got it he hit it. Some kind of told me he kind of did that on purpose. Yeah, and some kind of told me he did that on purpose. Seeing the bumps that he was taking, like, but not like I saw your tweet. You said you started pumping your fist when you, he did the Snapdragons. Yes, I, I said, did. nigga. Every time, nigga, I physically yelled. Every time he hit a Snapdragon, nigga, I physically yelled him every time, nigga. Can I? Can I, can, I, can, I, can, I can I interject? Dude, a little bit, what? Matt? You know, Monty. A lot of people, including people who are fans of the elite, because they they do indulge in moves matches. Um, they get really defensive at the people who preach like. You know, do slightly less and make the moves matter, right? Like if people find that type of thing grading sometimes when wrestlers wrestlers will say that. And the way I look at it is um sometimes it can come off hypocritical from certain people because it, it tends to be sometimes when the guys who go like slow it down, tell a story, tend to be guys who weren't particularly that great themselves as wrestlers, nor were they great storytellers. Just um, but but exactly. But but with that said, with that said, there is something to the philosophy in this Monty. I think if Kenny Omega spaces out his signature offense um, and makes it points of emphasis, like like major breakthroughs that he's able to uh, execute these moves in matches, it, it 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 will make for like stuff with like gravitas. Like for example, Kenny Omega did not do his over the top rope dive, right? The moment Kenny does that over the top rope dive, it, babies are gonna fly in the air. You know when is it? Oh, yeah, like, yeah it's um... you know he's gonna want to do it next round, right? But he's gonna just not have the confidence to truly do it, right? And then mm-hmm. in the finals, in the, on on, on pay per view, on pay per view, it's gonna be like, damn man, the Bucks are in trouble. Fuck, screw it, and he's gonna do it, and it's gonna be great. <laughs> yeah, we're crazy. And so that, yeah, it was it was so creative how they they kept keeping him from doing that that spot. Yeah, too like, really. Yeah, too really so, good. It was off. so smart. Yeah. yeah. Honestly, I think so, the match also. I think the match honestly was just like designed just to highlight <clears throat> Kenny Omega and Dragon Lee. Because like yeah. even if you look at like LFI like, Andrade and Rich or Harley in the match, it was just Dragon Lee just doing cool things with all the other elite guys. So I, I mean I, I'm that's a pretty good sign if you're an LFI fan and you're a Dragon Lee fan, especially how they turned on him at the end. Yeah. 
So LFO, LFO low. I was, I was so, I was yeah, so. There is more. I just seen he was giving everybody handshakes, and you can just right. see Roosh, you see Roosh and yeah. Andrade getting mad that they're doing handshakes, and every time like uh, every time that uh, Dragon Lee was uh, like talking to the crowd, they would get mad or. Cause like what nobody's the fuck is this been nigga getting, doing. Yeah, they're like nobody's been getting heat like uh, Rush and Andrade the last couple weeks. They're so yeah. awesome at it, and the way they play up to the crowd when they're getting the heat, and you just see everybody's <clears> getting mad, especially when they're getting heat on Kenny Omega, like Andrade and like Rush were just beating him up, and the crowd was booing him. They're just like, like what? Like they're just like it was just so awesome. They're the best yeah, things right now cool. going on. Best. Yeah, the Kenny okay. Omega thing is very. Yeah, it's like. Hollywood kind of alluded to it earlier when uh, he was talking about how he's how Kenny Omega said in the interview with Sean Ross that you know he's going to change up a few things and just kind of like he's very big on psychology as we know and it's just with Kenny Omega coming back from all these injuries, surgeries, injections, this, that, everything else. Of course, he's going to use that to tell some sort of story because, of course, he is. Why would he throw away the opportunity to tell a story, you know? And um, it's a very easy story to connect with as well. Someone, like, you know, one of your favorite wrestlers coming back from injury, trying to get back to his former self, you know? Um, he's just, you know, he's Kenny Omega, he's a genius. He's, he's going to pull this off and. I already stopped with people said in the chat. A lot of people have said on air already. Like when he hits that first dive, when he takes the yeah. compression shirt off, when he rips off the shoulder exactly. thing, like, people are gonna go crazy. Yes. Bro, and, yeah, you know he's gonna, he's, have, gonna, he's gonna yeah. tear it all off, and it's gonna be an amazing, amazing pop. Look at look at Orange Cassidy versus Pack. You know, I think if you were to rewatch it now, it's not gonna have the same effect as the live experience of watching that match because like we've seen Orange Cassidy's signature offense against everybody now, but at the time. Just if you if you didn't watch him wrestle before, like if you didn't watch his indie stuff and you only knew him as the meme guy, you know what I mean? Him busting out all that like lucha stuff he was doing on pack was mind blowing. You know, to me that match was special purely on the fact of like it was like man, like just the 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 effect of seeing this guy pull out these things that I didn't know he could pull off was tremendous. Yeah. And in in a similar line of thinking, Kenny Omega in in storyline being able to pull off all this amazing offense that he used to do with ease in the past is going to make all those moves mean so much more. And it's going to make for so many memorable moments in the coming matches in the coming months. Um, so Kenny Omega is going to be someone who's going to be so interesting to follow. And depending on your taste in wrestling, it, it may make for some of his, um, in a completely different way, some of his best work, I think, actually. Yeah. Um, He's gonna wrestle so much differently, but it's still gonna be great because of yeah. this 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 element. And and, and I, I kind of tweeted to this like his take on second run Shawn Michaels is gonna be so fascinating and so great. And so uh, I'm looking forward to that. Did, did he? Did you mention his uh, his? Hold on, let me pull it up. He tweeted something earlier today. I also want to thank Callus uh, for putting Jr. in his place. I I, oh I have God. some I have something oh to say God. about hold on I have something to say about Callus, but that I'm gonna save it for when we get to the Kenny Omega post match because I have a theory he, I have a theory. But, 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 but go go ahead go ahead Rob. He said he said the pieces aren't all there yet, but I refuse to burden the Bucks with my limitations. We have a real chance at this. I'll be stronger in round two. I'll surpass where I was at, and I'll surpass everyone. 
Yeah, man, Kenny Omega is awesome. He's he's such a he's such a dork, but he's so awesome. Like he's so he talks like an anime main character. Uh, I love it. He, I, I he's Kenny Kenny's great. Uh, so here's my thing, Monty. Who here saw the post match thing that Kenny Omega did? Me. I saw this thing about Bret Hart. Me. Okay, so in, in Kenny's promo, if you notice at the end of it, he said like um, he said, you know. When he compared fans to like the kitty cat and stuff, and he said, uh, he said, you know, on TV, I'm gonna blame you, I'm gonna resent you guys. Um, but you know, as long as you guys don't put this video out, like I, I basically I appreciate you guys. Uh, that suggested to me that Kenny Omega is still gonna be a heel, um, to some degree. And and you know, because the elite, as their fans would say, have so much nuance and stuff, um, it is gonna be probably a nuanced story because look, man, we know that the young bucks are trying to change, right. We see that they're they are trying to reconcile with Hangman and go back to being you know buddies with their friend. Um, but I, but I do think they're going to be on opposite ends of the spectrum with Hangman, um, and they're gonna they're gonna find themselves I guess like I said in opposition with him. Um, what's fascinating to me is Don Callis is still around, and so you you can't be complete baby faces with Don. And I know Jim like some people were mad at Jim Ross going back and forth with him. And look, Jim Ross is, is a senile old man, so good chance he just has no idea what's going on. But oh. but <laughs> he probably just goes. But still, he his natural inclination on commentary is Don Callis is next to me. I have to fight with him because it's Don Callis, right? Yeah. And I saw some people complaining, like, "Bro, what the fuck? Like, their baby faces now. Stop doing that." Um, but maybe for now they might tell a story where they are still technically heels <laughs> until Kenny potentially maybe abandons Don. Um. And the fact that Kenny kind of said to those fans live, like, hey, man, on TV, I'm going to blame you guys. I'm going to shit on you guys, but you know I love you. Uh, that suggested to me, like, okay, maybe Kenny's going to continue to play heel to a degree um, for now. Uh, so I just wanted to kind of bring that up. Yeah, I think he's turning face when he gets back, like, with Hangman. Yes. And all of that is solved when he finds, like, embrace Hangman and Hangman's back, back with the elite. I think yes. then they'll officially be faces. But until then... I understand him, him being a heel. I think it makes more sense. Yeah, I, I agree. I It's unfortunate that Roderick Strong hasn't gotten his release from WWE because it'd be so perfect if um, Omega, Hangman, and the Bucks took on Adam Cole, O'Reilly, oh Fish, and Roddy. Like, that'd be really, oh my really God. It, it, yeah, that would go crazy. Bro, Hunter, please. Hunter, I'll give you everybody, please. <laughs> yeah, that'd be crazy. Who, who would you actually swap for Roderick Strong? If you were AEW, nigga, niggas like Anthony Henry and fucking oh, JD Drake and niggas like what the fuck? Someone, that. someone, yeah, what I mean. Someone who Triple H, you think may be tempted by? Okay, okay. Like, let me let me think. You said <laughs> he said Wardlow. You're insane. Uh, I would say. Send uh, oh, Eddie, uh, Eddie, <laughs> sending him the fucking diamond mine. Oh my god. Jake Hager, take Jake Hager back. I think, think Triple H could get tempted for Sammy Guevara. I really do. Could you? Could you imagine yeah, Tony, like you know, Tony Cabin on the phone? Is like, no, oh no, yeah, yeah, he's great. Listen, you can have Sammy. We'll have Roddy. Be great. <laughs> yeah, yes, I have seen Sammy. He's good. And Tony's like, oh, he's he's tremendous. He's, you're gonna love him. Tremendous. Tremendous. I'll give him. I'll give him like Ricky uh, Stark, Sammy Guevara. Oh my God. Tony Sammy. I'll give him all the guys. I probably for would Roddy trade Ricky. I probably would trade Ricky for Roddy. Um, yeah, we need, it, it, uh, it's funny. Jamie. I, I can tell you guys this. Um, the plan is for Roddy. Wait, hater. Yeah. I can tell you guys. Be like that. Listen, listen, listen. Daddy Hangman has a, has a has a mini report here. 
Um, I, I, I can't. I can't. I was 22 you minutes need into the podcast. For these. You, need, you need to stop. <laughs> no, no, because, <laughs> I'm not calling you that. You need to stop. Here's the deal. Um, <laughs> the plan is for Roderick Strong to get called up to the main roster, but they're trying to figure out what, what to do with him creatively. You know uh, what I'm saying? They, they, the, I, like, the, the desire is for him to be up there. They're trying to figure out what's the best way to implement and use Roddy. Um, but what I can tell you is this. As we all know, a few months ago, he wanted his release. Now, that was when he was stuck in NXT, babysitting, you know, high school, I mean, sorry, college athletes. Right. And um, there was, like, no hope of main roster anything, right? Um, but, listen, I don't know what his current mindset is when it comes to wanting a release or not. I do know that he likes Triple H, and Triple H is – is um. He likes Roddy so much that he's willing to pull strings to make Roddy happy. I'm bringing all this up to say this. He likes Roddy enough that if Roddy told Triple H, like, bro, I love you, and it's cool that you're running the company now, but I still want to go and, like, go off with the guys, right? Mm -hmm. If Roddy hits Triple H with that, Triple H will give him his release. He will first – he's first going to say, hey, what if we did this with you? And it's going to be a pitch that is, in his mind, enticing. But if Roddy still says, that's cool, bro, I want to go, he's going to let him go. I can tell, I can tell you guys. Triple H, that nigga Triple H need to start using that fucking 2K mind trick pitch from my gym, nigga. Like, you need to start mm-hmm. lying to niggas. Just tell niggas you won't give him shit, bro. Like, well, well, no, like, no. Hunter's, look, look. Uh, a year and a half ago, he told him, look, if you stay, I'll give you a stable, and I will build the cruise rate division around you. And that's why he kind of brought in Santos Escobar, and he was pushing Kushida. It was all about building it around Roddy and, and and all that type of stuff, and that's why you brought in Hideki Suzuki from uh, from 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 I think it was BJW. Um, so that was all. That's what that was all about. But then you know Hunter had the heart attack and NXT completely changed and Roddy got screwed over. Um, and so that's why Roddy wanted to go. Uh, but th- the general point is this: if Roddy still wants to go, he will get his wish. It's kind of what I'm saying, and, and it would be perfect, man. It would be so perfect if he was the fourth man. And Hangman was the fourth man of the elite. Um, oh wait, I just seen it. Yeah, no, I just seen a trade in the chat. Nigga, send them, send them FTR for uh, Verati. <clears throat> That's you know? crazy. No, I think I think FTR is about to be in a, the the new pinnacle with CM Punk. <laughs> the Punk nickel. I a little bubble on Twitter turning it, on FTR is it, it, truly. It's, it's truly nasty stuff. Listen, listen. Is, it doesn't is Dax exist little, anywhere else. Look, <laughs> is, is Dax a little weird on Twitter? A little weird. That nigga's a, a nasty weird. human being. He's a little he's weird. A disgusting human being. Go ahead, Anna. Go ahead, Anna. Uh, no, I was saying, like, if, if FTR wanted to be like, they wouldn't, like, decried Cornette so much. So, <laughs> I'm just, yeah. 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 I'm, yeah, I'm they, just saying that. <laughs> when I saw Dax do all that publicly, I was like, bro, you got to keep that to yourself, man. What are you doing? Like, what are you, what I, are you, could never, gotta, I could never dick ride Jim Cornette. You gotta, that's, that, that's disgusting. Oh. That's really disgusting. Couldn't yeah, yeah. It, it's it's a bad move. I don't know what you're trying to do there. AEW's fan base despises him. He literally has beef with like some of the top guys like Kenny Omega and the Bucks. You gotta leave that alone, you know. But that's what he goes to do. Um, but yeah, man, that was dynamite, man. I think all in all it was a great episode. Uh, yeah. it's a it's a little disappointing that the rating wasn't better, Monty. I don't know if you saw it. It did about 950k in a three. Yeah, I, oh, it just, did. I didn't even see the radio. I, I, I'm, I'm just like, it, it feels wow. like it's so much harder to do a great number for AEW than it was last year. Wait, you know, because last year it was like any any show with marquee value of any kind does like 1.1. 1. 1. 
You know what I'm saying? Wait a minute, um, wait a minute. So you mean to tell me, you mean to tell me that you talked all of this shit last night and Punk was all over the show and they still couldn't crack one mil? We're not doing this, Rob. <laughs> no, not, no, 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 no. You, you mean to tell me you talked all that shit? Okay, Rob, I got a question for you. Rob, you mean to tell me that a show built around the return of, 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 by your description, the greatest wrestler in AEW? Whoa, 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 uh, that's they, not the point. That could happen. Nah, bro, Rob, he eats the point, though, because yes, you're both that, losing. You're both losing. We no, both you can't. You're both losing, bro. You're both losing. Why y'all bringing up bullshit? That's not the point. Let's just skate by that, because we both lose that argument. Who started the show? Listen, no, in all seriousness, Omanti, um, is there anything they could do to like, I guess, do better than that? Because it's like they're putting on these stacked shows with big stars, and uh, it seems like they're kind of stuck. You know? It feels like they're just gonna get what they're going to get. You know, mm-hmm. um, I was honestly getting really optimistic for last night's show to be like creeping back up towards the point four. And yeah, I thought it so didn't. Too. It, yeah. It didn't. It actually went down. <laughs> um, I don't, I don't so like, it. it's it is crazy, man. And I don't know what the reason is because you know Kenny Omega, one of the company's top stars, was coming back, and that didn't pop a number. Um, obviously, I don't know what the um, quarter hours were looking like, but even still, like the average viewing for the whole show was uh, ended up getting like a point three. I think it was a yeah, point three bang crazy, on, which man. is literally like pandemic numbers. So it's it's a weird it's a weird one. I think I think AEW is more just kind of like you know what you're going to get, which is still great. Yeah, these shows have been awesome. It's yeah, still it's... great, but I I feel like it's you don't I don't know, man. It's it's, it's I, a weird I, I, one I because theory. when you think when you think of like say obviously the peak of wrestling TV was like Attitude Era, you know, um, right. it was like an air of like unpredictability on those shows do you know what i mean okay. um i don't I know what to, it is honestly i have, I have a theory Monty. i have a theory i have a theory so remember how last year they were kind of closing in on WWE when it comes to ticket sales um when it comes to uh ratings in the key demo and things like that um i have a theory that a lot of the people who were really catching on to aew last year like the added fans that they got were people who were really just WWE fans that wanted to watch wrestling but WWE was so bad and, and and I think for those people, the the idea that Triple H is running WWE is good enough for them to have their fix of wrestling. Like I, I honestly think that might be there might be something to that because we we see now across the board in WWE their numbers are up, and I assume like okay yes. that that's great for wrestling. Rising tides are going to raise up all ships, but I think it might be a case of people who are straight up specifically WWE only fans are 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 enthused for their product, and so it's like that's what I'm going to consume. I don't even need AEW anymore because to me. My show was good again. I, I think that might be the mindset. Um, and, and, and this whole thing of their numbers going down in a show built around Kenny Omega. I mean, again, Twitter is its own bubble. It's not real. But we see, like, how people talk about Kenny online. Like, it's so weird. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, I've never seen a, a wrestler of that level get discredited so much and, like, talked about the way he does. Where, like, they act like this guy is, like, the shits. And he's so he's so good. And um, some of it is company tribalism. Some of it is just, like... The way people think about wrestling because of just how they've come up. Mm-hmm. Um, but I look, who's to say some people, whether it's the boomers, whoever whoever it is, just saw Kenny and said, "I'm not watching this elite bullshit," oh, you know, and well, not, not even, you know, 
Well, you know, it's not even just that, like, going back to what Monty said with the Attitude Era is, and when a lot of people bring up this point is, you know, Hangman, you remember when we were in that space, we talked to the Rockets PA, and, and things like he basically explained what we explained. He was like, you know, TV 20, 25 years ago was completely different to now. Like, now everybody, if you have something to do, it's not like when it was you were watching Raw, you'd miss Nitro. if Because you had to do something, you you could only catch it if you, like, you taped it through a VCR or whatever the fuck it's called. Or, like, a v, VHS, VHS, right? It's like nowadays you can just hit record on DVR if you have, like, a DirecTV or something and it'll record, you can watch it later. It's not, it's now it's, I feel like wrestling even though it still kind of is on TV, it's like it's so unpredictable, especially AEW, it's so unpredictable. You don't know what's going on. It's like it's you can literally just it, it's not it's unpredictable, but it's, but it's not. I have to see what's going to happen next as much as it was 30 years ago. Yeah, Robert, Robert, I get that as a broad point of why it doesn't have five million people watching. But even, with, even with that aside, my point is this. Raw in and of itself within the last few months has seen a ratings increase, even though TV has gone down in the summer. And and so I'm just I'm just confused how AEW has not been able to jump, even though they're doing all the tricks that used to help them a year ago. You know, big matches, big stars, big angles. That always worked. I think there is I think I think there is quite a, a relevant point to what Rob's saying in the sense that like when with AEW because it's such a heavily matchmaking focused promotion, you know, like even last night, for example, it's like well, it's kind of an exception last night with um even the past two weeks really because we've had a huge comeback. Um people don't mind, especially like people from the AEW bubble, which is a lot of fans who used to watch New Japan, still do watch New Japan, etc. etc. Mm-hmm. Um a lot of like, you know, Match heavy fans, if that makes sense. Yeah, um, they're here we primarily don't, for the wrestling. Yeah, right. so like fans like that are fine with missing a show live and watching the matches, and they can put them in the match rating spreadsheets and stuff like that the next day. You yeah, know what I mean? You know why? Because Whereas um, that, that's how they consume New Japan because most yeah. people don't get to catch New Japan live because of the time zone differences. It's, it's yeah, exactly. Like- so the New Japan thing's definitely yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, a thing. Then of course, like. AEW doesn't really run, like, like I said, it's kind of a weird time to bring it up because of the past two weeks with the huge returns. It doesn't really yeah. provide many like angles where right. when it happened, you're like, oh, I wish I saw that live. Do you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Um, you, you, even though that, these, these last two weeks are, are a massive exception. Right, like like uh, say, like say, let's take a, a, a very popular, famous, uh, any angle you could use from the Attitude Era. It's like if you missed that, well, shit, you just missed it back then. Like there was no YouTube, there was no none of that. Unless like somebody had taped it on VHS or some shit like that. You basically, if you missed it, you missed out. Nowadays, mm-hmm. it's like you miss a, a an important segment or angle on the show. It's going on Twitter. Just, the clip is on Twitter. Twitter. It's literally on. It's right there on Twitter. Mm-hmm. And so it's just like that. That I think the factor of, and, and everybody knows this, the factor of like when it, we're talking unpredictability it's like if you blink you miss it is really missing now in wrestling because if you mm-hmm. blink nowadays you didn't really miss anything because it's going to be on the on the twitter page in like 30 seconds i i guess i o- overall though i to me it's just that you know you, there's nothing you can do about that because of social media just being a thing i i do think AEW has, has done their part to make their shows 
like worthwhile and must see. You know what I'm saying? There's, there's been so many things happening in these shows that it's like, you know, they're, they're stacking them up. Um, it, it, it is just because sometimes when, when there's a bad number, you can at least say like, yeah, they, they, the show needs to be better because of A, B, and C. But right now, they, they you know, they're, they're, the shows are really good and major things are happening. And um, and the numbers aren't, I guess, necessarily showing for it like the way they used to. And so I, I just wanted to bring that up. Um, but nevertheless, yeah. nevertheless, oh, go, go ahead, Monty. I've got coin. I don't know if it's a hot take. Okay. More, more, more so a question. So. Oh, boy. Get the, get the tomatoes. La, la, okay. So last year, <laughs> last year, we was, uh, Hollywood alluded to it uh, just now. AEW and WWE are pretty close in ratings, in ticket sales and stuff like that. WWE has kind of got their legs back underneath them in terms of TV ratings, in terms of ticket sales. This was happening before Triple H came in. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you look at like in AEW's hottest TV period last year, they were doing like point four. Yeah, they were doing like point fours. They were doing uh the beat raw the beat raw once or twice, I think Bro, one. Are there are there a point four eight? Exactly. You know, um I think obviously the punk return I think that got like a point five, but that's obviously like you know yeah, an obvious exception. But they genuinely were doing like point fours, they were doing them. Um, they were competing WWE as well at that time were at a low point, so there was a crossover. The WWE was coming down, AEW was going up, and AEW it was kind of like here. They were kind mm-hmm. of like almost meeting. AEW kind of overtook them once or oh, twice. Absolutely. Listen, then, and WWE is question. just kind of WWE is now just kind of they've gone from the point four range back up to point five, point five three, point five five, and right. AEW is slowly just kind of staggered down mm-hmm, to right. you, now we're getting point threes for kenny omega's big yeah. guitar you know yeah, um, do you think so the question is yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> can we when when aw and wwe are so close and chris jericho was saying stuff like aw is going to beat wwe in the demos six months from now a year from now blah blah yeah. blah and literally kind of the opposite gone kind of the opposite's gone I, I down can we say honestly that tony khan went for it like all guns blazing so if you if it took him yes. make, to make the obvious comparison eric bischoff was coming for vince's neck bro like yeah coming like a completely different way in the tony, tony khan tony khan definitely made all the signings that he should have made yeah, and yeah. he's got a lot of big stars and got a lot of big stars out of WWE, and he definitely has been competitive. But I'm talking like, did he really like? Did he go all out for it? You know, Monty. Um, my, my, my answer for I you. Always say, I always say it was a mistake that we never got Kenny Omega versus Eddie Kingston during that hot streak. There's a lot. There's a lot of things where, I, I especially at the time where it's competitive. My, here's, my, here's my answer to you, Monty. Um, there were a couple matchups that they could have hot shotted that they left on the table. Sure, you know, if you really wanted to be a crackhead, you could have done like Omega, I mean, the uh, punk Danielson on TV, like the minute he came, like you could have done some crackhead, oh, but but I mean, bro, it doesn't get much better than the TV AEW was putting on from July to September of 2021. I, I think what stifled them, quite frankly, was all those preemptions 
um, in I think it was October due to what was it baseball playoffs? There was yeah, some, baseball. There were yeah, some they got murdered in um, they got murdered early October, but bounced yes, back they, at they, the they end were, of October. There were a bunch of sports preemptions, and then, and then Dynamite had to get re- moved around a lot. They couldn't they bounce back though. They, they did yeah, bounce but, back from that. Yeah, but it wasn't the exact same. And then they moved networks, and you know I don't know, man. I it's just it's weird, like. Maybe I have to go back and watch those July Dynamites again. Listen, because it was I weird because they got hit. They got hit by the NBA playoffs, and then they. I think they were fine for like half a month, and then they got hit with the baseball playoffs, and then moved to TNT. Here's my thing about going for it, Monty. Because you, you say, for example, Eric Bischoff went for it, right? Eric Bischoff is notoriously just like kind of dumb, though. Because here's the thing with him. Yeah, of course. I'm not saying Tony can't be Eric Bischoff. No, no, no. Because no, 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 here's, here's my thing. You, you no, know, Bischoff goes for it, right? But in going for it, he he also tries out a lot of really ill-advised, stupid things. You know, go, and, yeah, and, 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 and I, I don't want AEW Dynamite to become a program that does a lot of really stupid shit just to get attention. I'd rather mm-hmm. them stay steady and just be a good show than like, okay, let's just like do something really shocking to get attention this week. That's just like super dumb, you know. Oh, okay. oh no, we lost Donna. Yeah, her face was frozen for a second there. Yeah, she'll oh. be back. She's, she's yeah, but, but, but you know what I'm saying, Monty? Like, it's like, it's like when, when we talk about going for it, sometimes, like, the big swings can, like, lead to, like, really ugly misses, you know? And I, I'd almost rather... Yeah, use, I don't like, even know if you have to be... Bro, it was like, no, because it was... It's like, it's like, bro, no, it's like, literally, I'm looking at it right here, 98, bro, <laughs> the comment about Eric Bischoff. He ran, literally ran the Hulk Hogan and uh, Goldberg six days before Bash at the Beach. Like he yes, couldn't wait. He's a, he's a maniac. Like, it was insane. He's a maniac, and, and I don't want AEW to become a hot shot. No, no, like, I'm not. I'm not, I'm not saying. Is, I'm not saying be yeah. erratic like Bischoff. <laughs> I mean, Bischoff. Like, right. Bischoff. Right. I mean, in the sense that Bischoff truly nobody can say that Bischoff didn't go for it. Nobody can say that. Yeah. I mean, no, Tony Khan. I think it's fair to say he has left a little bit in the tank, and I do think with his matchmaking, he does. He's a little bit conservative, and when you think of how much the top stars have actually beat one another and stuff like that, there hasn't quite been as much of it as so, I would have so, liked. So you know what I'm going to say, Monty? D- Dave Meltzer is the one who always likes to say, learn from ratings, study them, and we'll learn something, right? Next week's number is going to tell you a lot. We're going to know how much of, of the number is dictated by big matches with stars because – it doesn't get any bigger than John Moxley interim champion versus CM Punk AEW. It doesn't. Champion. It doesn't it's get any bigger, right? Doesn't. So if, if that match happens and Dynamite somehow does a one point one and a point four, which that feels like a big leap, but let's say it, it makes a leap that drastic, then you know straight up that okay, we have learned that more people. What are people, people talking about TNA in the chat? Oh, bro, bro, oh wait, hold on, saying, hold on, bro. really quick. Bro. You mentioned every Bischoff and people bro, get hold so long talking about Ignore, Bro, ignore Napalm Striker, bro. He's obviously just giving like random takes just to get y'all mad in the in the chat. Bro. My my so, thing is so weird oh, that Tony Khan no, hasn't. No, no. I think it's so weird that Tony Khan hasn't u- utilized star tag team matches. Like he's only done it once, I think. With oh, all star tags, right? Yeah, yeah, all star tags. Yeah. Like, he's, he's a big fan of like I know ECW. Uh, ECW did it sometimes. ROH did it occasionally. Man, like, Manny, Manny, WWE that was their bread and butter. Uh, yeah, their hottest streak. Because for example, Manny. Yeah, you know, because here's his thing, his thing. Their biggest matchup they could ever do is Rock and Austin, right? You can't milk that. Mm-hmm. You can't do that over and over again. But you know what you can do? You can do 
Rock and Austin versus Triple H and Kurt Angle, and they made him in a Raw with that. You can do. Oh, remember? No, literally, remember bro, when they changed, bro, you, you the, can put the, them in a six-man tag. Bro, in January you know. of 1999, like oh, before Monty goes, in January yeah, 1999. Yeah, yeah, that's bad. Oh, that's. You're bad. talking about the ratings, that's, and my my internet just. In January, I can see your brain cells drifting off. That was in, in January of 1999. They did three. They did three title switches in a three-week span. Like a three, four week yeah, span. Yeah, I don't agree with that. I don't think AEW should ever turn into. Yeah, like they did. Uh, like uh, January fourth, they did the Mankind one in halftime heat, and then it was uh, and it was World. Like, God damn, dude. <laughs> what is what is going on? First of all, no, what, what are you guys I, talking about? So, so Monty asked this because because I was pointing out how like AEW like they're not doing bad, but like the ratings aren't quite what they were a year ago, and there was a period in a uh, in the late summer last year. Where their ratings and like their key demos were intersecting WWE, like it felt like there was a chance it could overtake them, right? And Monty said in that period when they were really close, did Tony go all the way with it, like like, like or or did he really do everything he possibly could have to, I guess, basically surpass WWE like when it comes to their their business metrics? And and he was talking about like did they maybe do all the matches they could have done and this and that? And what I said to him was like, look, man, that period had so much amazing TV and. You know, anything else would have been like really stupid, ill-advised booking. Like, you know, I, I don't want them making you know shocking things just for ratings. Sam Paul like, versus QT Marshall isn't. Look, that was crazy. I don't know why that was on TV. <laughs> oh, no. This is what that's the sort bro, of literally, talking about, bro. Though. Literally, they had bro. They had like CM Punk and MJF go banging out on the mic for like twenty minutes. Pause. Banging out for the mic on that's the mic crazy. for like twenty minutes at the beginning of the episode, and it was like, all right, here's CM Punk versus QT Marshall. I'm going to frame this in a non-host scaring way for Anna. I'm going to ask you this question, Anna. Uh, I'm going to try to not, not, not frighten you. I'm not going to say, do you think they're 18 to 49 demographic? <laughs> I'm going to ask you this, Anna. Do you, how good is your memory of AEW last summer? I don't even remember what happened last night. If I'm being honest, like fully. Fine. So I, gonna, I, right. yeah, my memory Fair. is not that Fair. great. I'm going to ask you a general question, then. Is there okay. a matchup AEW has not done yet that you think they should have been done? Should have been. Let me think about it. I don't. I don't really know, to be honest. Because <laughs> yeah, the only match like I can think about that I really want to see is Eddie Kingston versus CM Punk for the title one day. Oh yeah, absolutely. But, yeah, there, there was no. To, to, to me, yeah, to there's me, a lot of match, like that they should have already done. Maybe like put. The the thing I have the most is with the women's division. So okay. maybe less oh, with yeah. Baker's matches, like more in the soccer <laughs> matches on TV. <laughs> like that's that's right. basically it, you know. Just yeah, to I, have a better women's division, better women's matches. So I, I guess that could have helped if to establish a more I don't know, like a more faithful yeah, you know, women's yeah, fans fan Monty, Monty, yeah, to me, to me, Monty, to me, the, the only two key matches. That they held back on are matches that I, I understand why they held back on it. Brian Danielson versus CM Punk, CM Punk versus Kenny Omega. Yeah, they're they're the screaming yeah. obvious ones. But but but, but those yeah, are, many, that, hold on, let me just get this off real quick. Yeah, sure. How many? So because of the way AEW has like a lot of top guys, top stars. I say yeah. top stars because the only actual top guys are like Punk, Omega, Mox. You know. Yeah. Um, but they have a lot of like top stars, like your Malakoys, your Miros, etc., etc. Yeah. How many of those guys have actually wrestled each other in single? My thing is, 
And this is more question to Anna, <laughs> not to scare her off. Would yeah. you be? Would you think it would be fair to say that Tony Khan plays it a little safe sometimes? Yeah, of course, because I think AW has such a thing with the long-term booking that sometimes it's way too much. Like it's overkill. He tries to protect matches way too much and say like, "Oh no, they'll, they'll, this will happen someday. This is a long-term storytelling," and then it, it just doesn't happen. So I feel like a Hangman versus Mox, like that, yeah. that could have happened like a long time ago. People are saying in the chat like Kenny Omega <laughs> and Eddie Kingston. Also something that could have already happened. So I, I feel like the wanting to make everything this big, long storyline sometimes just mm. takes a little bit away from it. Oh, I, I'm going to add to this. With Anna, said, Anna said something interesting. I think that long-term booking for really important stuff is great. I think the elite are awesome at it. I yes. think that, you know, if it's something that it's like super pivotal and important, give me a long-term storyline, right? Not everything needs to be this long-term broad multi-month thing you know yeah. i don't need i don't need jay lethal satnam singh and and uh, uh sanjay dutt having long stories with wardlow that can literally be a three-week feud and i don't think anybody would complain about it Respect you know what i'm saying from I, I got some i wanted like some of the stuff that we missed out on like early aw like you know when we we're getting those shitty cards for the first couple of months like we could have been having pack versus phoenix pack versus yeah. uh uh yeah. Panda, we could have been having matches like that, but we weren't getting that. And if you, if you want to look right. recently, we could have, we didn't even get Hangman versus like Hangman versus Mox or even Mox versus the Lucha Bros. Like we haven't been getting any of that kind of stuff. Or even recently with uh, Death Triangle, we never got any of those singles matches bro, with House of Black. So, bro, there was so, so many, just, many ab- there was so many avenues. Oh shit. That we uh, oh shit. There's so many avenues and things they could have done with the House of Black and Death Triangle. And they were just, we're not doing them like at all. I think, and also you got to think as well. Like with Cody leaving, and like you know, I know Cody splits opinions, and some people are glad he left, and some people are glad to see him in WWE. Some people would want him back. Whatever your opinion is on Cody Rhodes, he's obviously one of their most important stars in the history of the company. One of their biggest stars that they had. Um, did he really wrestle everybody he could have? You know, no, he um, didn't wrestle Miro. No, no. He didn't wrestle. <laughs> he hardly Singer. wrestled anyone, really. He never, he never, he never had that. Uh, that uh, was was their second. Would it be their third match with with Omega? Uh, he oh, never. Yeah. He never. He never there's wrestled. Loads, there's a lot. There is. I'm not. Obviously, when you put on a spot, it's hard to just be like this person, this person, this person, this person. But I know that list is a lot longer than. What I would feel happy with if I had the pen and I saw Cody leave, if that makes sense. Like, yeah, I, I, wish, I wish we could have done Cody versus... Cody's, Cody Cody's, versus Punk. Cody versus Cody's, Punk. Cody's like... Cody, like, getting that title ring before he left, actively fucked up Sammy Guevara's first yeah, ring. We robbed the Cody versus so, Hangman. So like, there is a lot of them, man. So, like, oh, yeah, we didn't have to do Hangman versus Andrade, but, like, another name, I don't want... I don't really want to bring his name up because, like, it's unfortunate what happened to him, like Brody Lee when he when he passed away. Like, there was a whole bunch of times when he wasn't doing anything, he wasn't wrestling, he was just doing like promos. And mm-hmm. I feel like because he, he they were worried about trying to establish his character and stuff like that. We never got all the big matches during the pandemic, and then he just passed away, and we never got the Hangman Brody Lee match. We never got Hangman. Right. I mean, uh, Brody Lee versus any of these other Kenny Omega or any of these guys like that. So it's just you know, 
unfortunately. Yeah, I, I feel that sometimes Tony, Tony, he wants to protect so much the, their big, yeah. yeah, the big wrestlers because he feels like, oh, someday we'll make a Mox and Hangman storyline and it's going to be a long-term story, mm -hmm. storytelling thing. So he, but like, you don't have the time to do a long-term storyline with everyone yes. all the time, yes. you know? Sometimes <laughs> yes. it's okay to just do the match. And right. I feel like he wants to protect his top star so much that mm -hmm. it kind of, yeah. And I love long-term storytelling. Like, I'm, I'm not against it at all. I love to see it when it's well executed. And I, I really love it. But I feel like sometimes it isn't necessary and it's sort of overkill and you miss on a lot of opportunities because you want to build a whole story around it when it's not necessary. A Hangman versus Mox match would just bang, would be a banger match, would be a great match that like, when when Hangman was the champion, Max was a previous uh, former champion. They could have just done it, you know. You, did, you didn't. Yeah, it's this quite, it's, around it. Yeah, it's really interesting I, because it's like like you said, Anna. They AW like you don't really get the top stars having matches with each other because they're trying to protect everyone, so they're not really interacting with each other as much as as old personally like. And that's not me saying AW is bad or anything. I think AW is great, amazing. Uh, they put on more than enough great matches to, you know, satisfy them. <laughs> but when you've got WWE on the other hand, where they'll do the big names each other, against each other, but when they want to protect someone, they'll do a foot finish. And it's like, there must, there's got to be a happy yeah, medium yeah. between them, both of them, you know what I mean? Um, because, you know... Yeah, who, I, who, do, who does the foot finishes? WWE. So like WWE will do big star versus big star and just do it, do a foot finish like they're done with yeah, like, oh, Drew and Kevin Owens. Perfect. Oh my god, that fucking Drew McIntyre versus Kevin Owens match was so fucking good. And like the crowd was hot and, and they were very into it. And then all of a sudden, just DQ the Usos. The Usos interfered just to get beat up. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's weird. It's like I said, you got to kind of find then on AW, for example, that just wouldn't happen. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, like you wouldn't yeah. have two stars the, that you wouldn't have two stars that high on the AEW roster just randomly have a match on the fucking Dynamite. That just wouldn't yeah. happen. Um, really? So there's got to be a happy medium to find where you can I still think do the happy medium. Is a, is a tag matches. Yeah, you just do the, the, the tag, tag matches. Yeah, like, because like, you know if that Drew, that Drew, well, I'm just gonna call it names. So they were AEW. You know that Drew, if that Drew Galloway versus Kevin Steen match happens on the AEW show. Like they're gonna have, they're gonna obviously keep building him up to like face the world champion, Drew. But they're just gonna have it to where he barely escapes Steen, so it doesn't look like he beat Steen easily, or like he he just like everybody overused the term buried. They would have obviously like kept Steen strong, or whatever you know. It's just like, and I feel like AEW is like strong with that, whereas to where WWE just really fails with that. Yeah, and and they can they could like intertwine the storylines because I feel that they didn't mm -hmm. even with Hangman being the first ranked they didn't do anything with Mox because he was in the whole elite storyline but he isn't wrestling anyone he wasn't having matches you know he was just in the that storyline so why couldn't they sort of find a way of make Hangman maybe I know his his whole thing is he did he doesn't want the title and all that. But like I, I'm, I'm just using this no, as, as an example, point. you know. Isn't it? Yeah, it's an example. I'm not talking about. Yeah, 
Yeah, I'm just saying as, as an example, I'm not saying this this should be the case or whatever, but I feel they could just intertwine the storylines. It's not because someone's having a match with another person who's out of their storyline that their storyline doesn't matter anymore. You know, you can work that together. I feel that they could have a lot of, of bigger matches if they learn how to mesh together some yeah. different storylines or something like that. I, I don't know. I'm just... <laughs> Hangman's definitely a good example to bring up in this conversation, especially because it's like Hangman dropped the belt in the very end of May. Hangman hasn't had a big singles match since then. Um He's he had a match with Finley, he had a match with Silas Young, and he was he was in the four way, but he hasn't had one big singles match since dropping about in May. And yes, he's of course he's been involved in an arc at the moment with the books and the reuniting of the elite, etc. etc. But at the end of the day, he hasn't had a big singles match since the end of May, which to me is crazy. Like that was that was your ace. In like <laughs> this time in May, that was your ace for the promotion. And he like he had a dope match with fucking David Finley. Uh he got a dope match out of David Finley. There's no disrespect to David Finley, he's a good wrestler. But yeah, he had, he, he had a great G one recently. Yeah, he's, he's like he, he had a dope match with fucking David Finley, and I think that was like his last I wouldn't say meaningful singles match, but there like it was his, the last singles match that I remember him having on Dynamite. Mm. Well, I think the only I think the only two that he's had is that one and the Silas Young match. Then obviously singles, yeah, you know, the four the four way at Forbidden Door, but like it wasn't a one on one singles. It was obviously, you know, yeah. a four way. So it's it's definitely something where you know, and it's probably because Tony Khan doesn't want to beat him or have him be a Malachi Black or a Pack or a whoever. You know, obviously Pack's a total holder now, so it's a bit different. But you know what I mean, like. The top stars, maybe not the top top ones like your punks and your moxies, etc. But like those ones just underneath on that like that level two top star, right. they just don't interact enough quite for my liking. But um, yeah, AW is still great. Last hey, night's show was back. great. Um, yeah. And yeah, I don't think Hangman's coming back. He said he had something come on. Probably his battery probably just died or some shit. Mine's a. Uh, but we've got through Dynamite anyway. We've asked a few more nerdy questions. We're nearly at three hours, which is way too long for these things. Um, so, yeah, if everyone can just like and subscribe to us, because I don't even think we've mentioned that once during this three hours. Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> so, subscribe, 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 <laughs> like, 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 and um, I'll let you guys do some plugs and we'll get out of here. So uh, I'll start with you, Manny, with your dog on your lap. Have you got anything you'd like to plug before we get out of here? You can follow me on Twitter at uh, Mannyboy3298 yeah, and yeah. Uh, read whatever I post on uh, Russell Pierce. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Uh, Anna, have you got anything you'd like to plug before we get out of here? Yeah, just follow me on Twitter. And this week I'm recording a, an episode of the Five Star Joshi Show with Scott about the Stardom versus Stardom show that's happening Sunday. So when that comes out, yeah. you can go listen to it as well. Yeah. Right, right, right. Um. Uh, the only two things that I have to plug are, uh, obviously, uh, it's my guy, uh, Robert. Uh, there's two matches that I want to plug. Actually, the first one is uh, in a coming up in like a week, I think. Yeah, in a week, Robert Martyr versus Alan Angels at the next Garden State show. 
uh, Saturday, August 27th at the Monroe Sports Center in Monroe, New Jersey. Starts at 7 p.m. No, it starts at 7 p.m. EST. And there's another match. It's West Coast Pro versus uh, Prestige Wrestling. Robert Martyr uh, versus Masha Slamovich at their Savage Mode 2 show on September 3rd, 2022. Well, um, for those who are plugged, just because I lost connection. Wait, what happened? Were those your plugs that you just went through then because I lost connection? Wait, did anybody did anybody hear? Uh, yeah, I, I heard you. Yeah, yeah you yeah. said they okay. you're promoting Robert Martyr. Yeah, yeah. Okay. We've got we've actually got a um we've got a feature in the drafts about Robert Martyr. It just needs a little bit of touching on, which oh, popped me huge. Which popped me huge because obviously Robert Martyr's a a friend of you guys. He's always in spaces and stuff like that. So hopefully we'll try to get that out soon. I'll also really want to plug um. Our good friend Charlie done a feature on the Elite, which done really oh, well. We, post, we posted that before AEW Dynamite yesterday, so hit up the Rest of Purist website. Check out... I think, um, she, I think she even got followed by them. Yeah, check, they, check they, out, they retweeted. The Youngbox retweeted. Yeah, check out Charlie's feature on WrestlePurist.com. Um, this episode hang me, hang of the Rest of Podcast... She's back. Yeah. yeah, this has been a wild episode. People have been coming in and out. This has been completely out of format for us. It's been three hours long. But um, you know what? It's been good. Dynamite was good. Kenny Omega's back. Um, you know, all kinds of weird shit going on over at WWE. And um, before we get out of here, I'll let, um, I'll let you, Hollywood, do some plugs before we get out of here since uh, you made it back at the time. Yeah. Um, I love the game too much, you know? I... Uh... <laughs> Hurry up, man. <laughs> what happened? Are you okay? Can you guys hear me? Can you guys hear me? Yo, you no, good? you sound weird. Do I? I sound, I'm talking into my microphone. Hello? Hello? No, yeah, no. You like, no, sad. your tone. I thought you got yeah. shot or something. No, like no, 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 no. A genuine, a genuine emergency happened. Um, no. But I wanted to at least be able to wrap this up. Uh, so, um, no, nah, I, mean, I really appreciate this platform. It, it, it's so... It's so uh, it, it, it's it's just such a cool thing that's going on right now. You know what I mean? This Russell Pierce thing. Um, I appreciate and value everybody that that watches us and supports us, uh, even those of you that throw tomatoes at me. Um, it, it's all it's all love, and I take it all in stride. I appreciate and love everybody who is involved with the process, including everybody here. Um, I thank Anna for for doing the pod today. She's the best. She keeps the lights on, like I said. Manny is a trooper. He's always down for whatever. And he, he, like a total pro, showed up and, and filled in when we were lacking guys. Um, grind runners like Rob and Chris, uh, I appreciate their con- I appreciate their contributions to the podcast today. Uh, and Monty, you know, you're the guy who makes this whole thing go, and you 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 put up with my my uh, chaoticness. So I so I thank you. Um, <laughs> listen, tonight I'm going to do a backup hangman side Twitter space uh, probably in an hour and a half. Um, that's if my, I can get my internet and technology to cooperate with me, uh, hmm. who knows if that happens, if it does, then we got it. And if not, then, um, so be it. Um, right. but you know, follow me at backup hangman. And, uh, I thank you guys for listening to the Twitters to the, sorry, the, uh, the Twitters. <laughs> I'm out of it, bro. I'm out of it. Um, nah, man. Thanks everybody. Thank you for having me. I'm sorry for my little mishap uh, and absence, but, um, yeah, man. Love of the game. I had to come back. Thank you. Also, wait, Monty, please, uh, Josh in the chat said, please, uh, as he said, please remind them that we are also on, uh, like, audio platforms like Spotify and shit like that. Please, please remind them. 
Yeah, we are. We um, I probably will be tomorrow. This will get uploaded. So usually the day after our podcast get uploaded to the audio thing. So Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and I think there's another one, but those are the three main ones. So you can get us on normal podcast streaming things as well. So uh, it's not just YouTube, but you know, um, there's a lot of visuals that go on here. So. <laughs> But yeah, if everyone can like and subscribe, we appreciate all the support, the viewers, the comments, the subscribers, everything that um, you know everyone does to help us grow this little brand that we've got going on. So um, yeah, thanks again. Thanks for watching. Appreciate everyone on screen right now, and um, we'll catch you next time.